<sighs> you guys ready? Yep. It's been a week. Over a week. It's been a it's been a real week. We've done things. Um I actually left the state for two days. Came back alive, took my seven hundred year old mother to the wedding of my niece Denise. Niece is it, Denise. Is her name really Denise? No, no other names. <laughs> no other names are Denise. It's a bit from um Kroll Show. There was an ongoing character named Denise who was one of their d- nieces. Um, so that's just what I've been calling them for a little while now. They don't get it. The only person that has gotten it so far is Bree Kaiser. I got it. I just didn't comment. <laughs> but no, well, not that. It, I didn't know the reference yet. Yeah, the reference. She's the only one that's got the reference. Bree Kaiser has a tremendous sense of humor. Yeah, she gets it. She's a yeah. funny gal. I wonder if she listens to this. I don't know. She should. I mean, I wouldn't if I was her. Well, I mean, nobody should. I mean, just three white privileged men from West Virginia talking. I think that's an oxymoron right there. I think you, I don't think you can be white privileged and from West be Virginia. Be from here and be privileged. <laughs> well, I don't think. I think it's a privilege just to be from here. Am I right, folks? Best Virginia. That's right. This I wanted to play this last week, but I completely forgot about it. It's from a Donald Trump rally somewhere in last in the last two weeks. That is one of the best things I've ever heard. It is amazing. It is, I don't know, it's cute. It's just cute. Listen to all these people cheering. He's like a rock star. That guy's got a serious weight problem. Go home, start exercising. <laughs> that fat fuck. Get him out Tell of here. somebody please. else to exercise. <laughs> but, but, but Donald, he's, he's in great shape. Got a bigger shape. problem than I do. Got a bigger problem than all of us. <laughs> now he goes home and his mom says, what the hell have you just done? Donald's not overweight. He's got bloating from time travel, you uneducated <laughs> hey, moron. Yeah, everybody knows Thanks that. For checking out. Everybody knows that that's what happens whenever you uh, time travel. You get, you get um, taller and you get bloat. Yeah, that's what happens. Everybody knows that. You know that. Sure. Look at Baron. Maybe I should time travel. He's, th- he's 13 years old. He's like seven feet tall. I think it's. I think he clocked in at seven one and three quarter. Yeah, I mean he doesn't have the bloat as much yet because he's you know he's got those little teenage guts. Yeah. Yeah. What song should we uh, use to come in with? We're really disorganized this time, guys. About some uh, got a little bit of yet Tyler Childers, some Tyler Yielders. Yeah. Are right, you pulling it up? You want me to? Because I'll pull it up. I mean, I've got it right here somewhere. Uh, I own the album. I, I that's not the the version I like though. Oh, you like the live one? Yes. Right on, buddy. Right on. Fucking right on. A little bit of Tyler Childers Ferta. Here we go. We ready? Ready. Charleston girl in a darkened room, and you don't know her like I do. Took the fire escape to her room and got, got stone raging blind. Left my money in the trusting hands of them old steel brothers in thrash grass band. 
I'm curious about that. Fresh grass. That's, uh, I'm not. I know what it is. <laughs> it's so, it's uh, it's bluegrass. Metallica bluegrass. Something like it's. It's like um. I think they called the wild rump a stomp grass. Okay. And uh, it's uh, it's not quite bluegrass, but it's not quite not bluegrass, you know. The river he's talking about, I crossed it this weekend, and things did get noticeably less wild whenever I whenever I crossed it. Kentucky is of the two. You know, people always compare Kentucky and West Virginia. There is no comparison. I don't care what anybody says. There is no comparison. You can I mean, smoke everywhere you there. You can compare. You can compare Eastern Kentucky, yeah, to Southern West Virginia a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll grant there's you that. Like, there's like a, you know, there's a little. I'm, but I'm talking about more of the the, the the character of the people and the you know overall. You know we have no real big cities. We have no. I mean I'll I'll, I'll accept a, a Kentucky comparison to West Virginia ten times before I'll accept anything related to Ohio. Well yeah okay yeah but fuck Ohio right in its ass. Fuck the, Ohio. The, well okay. Southern Ohio, we're going around Cincinnati. Cincinnati is just Kentucky. Big just, Daddy from Cincinnati. Let's just uh, let's just be fair. It is. Uh, and that road, I used to take it to take uh, a shit. No, my no, my uh, stepdaughter uh, had to go to the burn unit at uh, Shriners. To she had a bad burn on her leg. So was Danny Thomas there? No, he was dead at that oh. point. Um, but we always used to have to take this road from Point Pleasant over to right on. Yeah, I've, I've and it is the road. most gorgeous thirty-five stretch of road. I mean, it's like when I was writing a, a thing about heaven, like this guy who just all of a sudden finds himself on this road. He's walking and he doesn't know where he's going and he doesn't really care because it's like a sunny seventy-five degree day and it's perfect. The conditions are perfect. He's walking down this road. He comes to this small town and there's a guy sitting on a porch. He says, "Hey, won't you come over?" And he doesn't even know this guy. And he hands him a beer, and he's basically in heaven. Mm-hmm. And he says, "What is this place?" He said, "Well, this is the good place, you know." And it turns out he had gotten into a car accident, and his wife had gone to hell, basically, and that was back down the road. So it was basically what dreams may come, only my, with my own spin on it. Like he had to go walk down that road and find her and bring her back right on. So it's actually one of the best bits of writing I ever did because I was just the best bits I've done is when I just put myself in, in, in that position. Like now let me just describe everything uh, as I would see it, as I would feel it, you know, what it would smell like, feel like all that stuff. I'm not, I'm going to end this quick because I don't want to. Yeah, I need to do my introduction. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you had at least one more sentence to say. No, but I'm just saying it was, it was, I was quite proud of it. So that was pretty much it. All right, I'm going to pick another song to come into now because uh, not that one. I need music for me to say my thing. It's noticeably noticeably different than the Tyler Childers song. I Got Shit by Pearl Jam. I knew it was Pearl Jam. You know, funny thing about this, they recorded this during the uh, Mirrorball sessions with Neil Young. Mm -hmm. So the only two members of Pearl Jam on this song or Eddie Stone No, and uh, Jack Irons Oh, okay Man, Jack Irons, that's early 94, 95 Yeah Brendan O'Brien plays bass Neil Young is playing guitar And Eddie plays guitar 
This is one of the better This might be my favorite Pearl Jam song I'm not sure though Whammo, tis I the Prince of Podcast, and the bipolar rock and roll, the Sultan of Slits, the Godfather of Gash, the the uh, I was I was voted the best uncle by my three niece Denise's. So, all three of them. All are named three. Denise? It was unanimous. A unanimous voting. So, uh, Uncle Awesome. I don't know. Um. Anyway. Uh, episode 225 of Pillow Fort Radio slash the Don Blankenship experience. <laughs> we haven't shouted that out in a while. God, why haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Remember my character, Woke Don Blankenship? <laughs> Inter- intersectional feminism is the future. You see, see we, we, we come up, we have this what privilege. And... We need to use our privilege to help make it a better place for people of color. <laughs> One of my favorite things is seeing John Oliver talk yeah. about Don Blankenship, and he and he flashes away from his hand. He's like, "Nailed it!" <laughs> <laughs> Episode two twenty five. I'm here as always with the white Samoan, the vanilla gorilla, the first black man ever to ice skate backwards down the Cannonball River. Now that has come in dispute. People have been disputing that. But they cannot prove There's no real claims That you were not the first black man ever to They can't prove backwards. anything Former intercontinental champion Nobody's disputed that though No they haven't It doesn't, There's doesn't matter how long you held the title You held the fucking title That's right That, that is old uh, Chucky Tater Sacks over there And as always The greatest claw machinist the world has ever known Better than Jesus Christ himself <laughs> That's a lot of clawing. You're not going to say you're bigger than Jesus, are you? This is the name of our first album. (laughs) Second album. (laughs) Second album. (laughs) The B Sharps. The Dirty Shame. um, The uh, Juna. um, Bone Cruncher. The Bone Cruncher. I forgot about Bone Cruncher. The Regis Philbin of Regenerative Farming. That's old Johnny Liberty Loads over there. Body bag. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it's tremendous. Anyway, episode two twenty-five. It's been one week since we've done this. A little bit over a week, actually. And we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. How's everybody's uh, week been? It's been good. Pretty, pretty phenomenal, strong, strong week. Yeah, pretty a okay. Right on. I um. I wouldn't add a one steak sauce to it because oh, I didn't need it. Shit. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> I'm not giving you any credit. I've never <laughs> been a fan of. I've never been a fan of a one steak sauce. Mean actually, me neither. Uh, I was a ketchup guy growing up because we got crappy steaks. I was, I was kind of, yeah. Re- so I, I was kind of a rebellious kid, right? And they had those commercials, the A one commercials, like. You know, 
Put the put the, save the A one for your for your steak and save the ketchup for your fries. And like it was like the chef. Let's do both. And so 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 as soon as I saw that commercial, I was like, "That's it, motherfucker! I'm using the A one on my fries and I'm putting ketchup <laughs> on my, on my steak." steak. <laughs> we we would get crap lit, just you know my my mom had to spread it out a little bit, so it was like chop steak or whatever, mm-hmm. and it would be fried uh, to the consistency of leather. Because uh, it's West Virginia. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's a quarter of an inch thick. Let's get it out of here. Just well, shove it down your throat. Well done. It's a buzz buttered steak. Well done as medium rare. <laughs> right. And anything above that is <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> so I was like, I was ketchup kid, man. Well, I like ketchup. I did too. I mean, um, it's even still to this day, if I get a shitty steak that's I, just all fucking gristle and shit, if I fuck up I'll, one of my, I'll throw the fucking ketchup. If on. I fuck up one of my steaks, because the way I cook them now is I'll uh, put it on on low. And throw it in the iron skillet and forget about it for 15 minutes. Have you cooked it? And then come back to him like, oh, fuck, it's been 25 minutes. <laughs> then flip it for a couple minutes. Then I'll have to put fucking steak or uh, ketchup on it. Have you cooked your uh, steak in um, uh, coconut oil yet? I haven't tried steak in coconut oil. It's good. I've, like, done, I've done chops in coconut oil, and that's always pretty good. Well, I combine butter, uh, coconut oil, and some bacon grease. Fry my steak in See, it. See, I'm... A fan of all that Yeah I mean who isn't I like There's nothing about that That is not I fried my eggs In bacon grease <laughs> yeah, Why would scr- you Scrambled my eggs In bacon grease Oh well that's different Scrambling <laughs> your eggs In bacon grease You can't pat it Pat it off of there No <laughs> I've done that The before. plate was A congealed Level Of bacon grease When I was done And I sopped up No I didn't You know, you know what I've been doing uh, Recently with scrambled eggs What's that Just a little bit of milk Salt and pepper Maybe some onion in there and whip them up. Throw them in the microwave for a minute. Bring them back out. Makes them real fluffy. That slap way. some cheese on there. Whip them up again. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the microwave for a minute. And they're completely done and it's wonderful. But yeah. a lot of people don't like cooking in the microwave. I understand that. My ex fiance used to cook her eggs in the microwave. Yeah, that's uh, my ex wife taught me that, and I was yeah. like, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. And her and then her mom made bacon gravy. Oh, good God. Holy fucking balls. She made it every time I would stay there. Like, what is it? Carrie would entice me. How incredible. I, I, I hope. I'm not going to ask if it's good. How it's, incredible. It's just like sausage <laughs> gravy, but, instead, but of that, instead of that peppery sausage taste, you got that smoky bacon. It was, she would use it to, like, not that I didn't want to stay there, but sometimes I'd be on the fence, and she'd be like, you want to come stay? I was like, um... Mom's making bacon gravy. Was like I'm so there, <laughs> and she make, would make it for me for dinner, so I didn't have to fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, uh, last week, um, last Saturday, Chuck and I did uh, commentary for uh, pro wrestling. Yeah, I sucked. It was terrible. You did pretty good. No, I didn't. You're a little bit out of practice. It's fine. That's why you got to get in the gym, man. Start working on your on your. I wasn't that boards. good this yeah. this time. No, you were you were really good. I mean, I I didn't know what to say half the time. I'm like, I'm sitting here with dead air. What the fuck do I say? You know, a lot of times you just let it breathe. I, I usually, me and Andy will just let it, Andy usually just reacts to what I say. Sure, he never, he I mean, and, well, that's the thing too. I was used to the dynamic with me, you, and Andy. You know what I mean? And it was just me and you. So I don't know. It was just different. And it, it was, was it was. I haven't gotten a complaint. So whatever. Even uh, though I called that one guy homunculus, I liked it. But that's, <laughs> but the thing is, you were going to make fun of the next guy for being small, so you don't want to do that too many times throughout the night. Oh no, fuck them! <laughs> they were both small. 
<laughs> but Kirk Blackman's gimmick is that he's small. <laughs> and he's such, you know. That was a good, he's a good wrestler. He's, he's a, we were talking about that. He's an ext- Kirk Blackman, if you're listening right now, you're an extremely good wrestler. John Will Shatter, tell Kirk Blackman that he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's a, I mean, it was. I don't think. Uh, he, can, he can sell really well. He's, uh, all his emotions are like, you know, seem genuine. Yeah. Um, he swings a chair shot pretty good. He does really Takes swing one pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and uh, that match with him and Kevin Tyler are both pros. I mean, they do very well. So um, they've had a series over the last three three uh, ICSs. Yeah. So uh, the match between Max and uh, Laura Loveless, though, you could tell they've just never done it. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying they were both. I'm, I'm sure they're both really good wrestlers, but they didn't know each other's. Rhythms yet And the last so. And the uh, the one before this When Laura Loveless's match Was the best one on the card Okay With the uh, The girl in the blue Looked like she might have been Maybe Asian of some sort Perhaps Hawaiian It was the best one on the card They they, they just didn't gel Really well together Right Do you think that I look That I have kind of Asian-y eyes Asian eyes <laughs> Maybe I could be An eighth Asian It looks we're, like We're all an eighth Asian It looks like you're Turning Japanese Before my eyes You know what that is Genghis Khan yeah. Rape, rape, and more rape. <laughs> I'll be goddamn if I've got some horse riding Mongol blood in my veins. Well, you do. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Here. I think. In, I think in the Asian. It's mostly. It's, it's on the Asian continent. It's like one in two hundred people or something have. No, they made their way all the, all the way over to Western Europe. That doesn't mean that we all have Genghis Khan. But I'm saying the people that were raped and then had children. Would spread out those genes to other people. See what I'm saying? I think it's it's yeah, been, but 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 the statistics that I've seen don't mention anything about Europeans having Genghis Khan. I think it's mostly like Western or Eastern, East like people in Norway, like Slavic and like East. the Russian Slavic of, Slavic people in East of it. You like how there's that part of Russia that they all look like, like they're Asian. Yeah, because like, they are. I think those are, because yeah, they are in Asia. They are in Asia, and I think that's where he kind of stopped, right? No, he got to. Uh, I can't remember. It was. It was. I mean, it's pretty insane. The t- the, t- the tatters. The tatters had gotten he, all the way into. Uh, at some point, Poland. he died, and his uh, brother, I think, carried on. Well, I'm saying, but, but the tatters had gotten all all the way into Poland and Germany. So, I'm uh, my great 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 grandfather was an Australian Aborigine. Oh, an Abba. No one knows how that happened. Is that really true? <laughs> no, but my dad told me that when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doc. My dad told me I could fly if I jumped off of the off of the porch. Ah, habitual lying is fun. <laughs> I, my dad did tell me I could fly whenever and if I jumped off the porch, and I was like, really? Yay! Not expecting me to do it, and then I did it. And he's like, you shouldn't have done that, stupid. I jumped. <laughs> well, motherfucker, you told me I could fly. We convinced Jamie Peters to jump off the top of a garage. And hold an umbrella And thought that it would Help him float down <laughs> Hey No now, It didn't I'll tell you if, you if you're small enough And have a big enough umbrella Yeah like one of those like Like four footer The Hard wooden pole Golf umbrellas Yeah, yeah. And you're like a, And you're like an eight year old Because I Because I did that When we were in Mexico I jumped off the Mayan temples With a big umbrella And actually worked Like a right little on. bit like it, like it softened slowed you blood. down a little bit. Yeah, like it took the blo- took the took the impact out of my. Like knees. you weren't Mary Poppins or anything. I wasn't like dropping and rolling. But you were popping and where I otherwise would have been dropping and rolling. <laughs> I was just like laying and laying it on my knees and. Well, I mean, I can see that, of course, but this in, in this in this instance, it was not a large umbrella, and he was not a small child. So <laughs> he was a forty-two year old man. This was last week, <laughs> <laughs> and it was not a big umbrella. He runs about a buck ninety, doesn't he? So. Uh, 
220? This this umbrella had 260. This man. umbrella. Yes. Not Tracy. Okay. No, Tracy, different guy. Tracy's about. <laughs> Tracy at this point actually has lost. He's probably lost 30 pounds. Oh, is he on heroin? From work. Oh, Because he can't eat. eat and it's so fucking hot. Uh, so gross. And the umbrella he was using was, was he a, a bit tattered. Yeah, of course. Jesus Christ. I hate that guy. <laughs> yes, fucking prick. <laughs> just this just this little bowling ball of power. <laughs> no, he's so fucking strong, dude. But yeah, I had fun doing the wrestling thing. I thought we did well. Yeah, it was and okay. then oh fuck the fights last week. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was quite a night. Um Nate Diaz. Um proving once again why he's the the holder of the baddest motherfucker in the world championship. Uh, <laughs> That, that's what he was talking about in the post-fight interview. I gotta, gotta go out and defend this belt. It's the baddest motherfucker in the world belt. Or baddest motherfucker in the game. I think that's what it Did is. Did he get his own belt made? I think he's going to. He that's, should. That's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing to be able to hold a belt when you have never actually won a belt. I mean, yeah. it just requires an amazing amount of arrogance to achieve that. <laughs> well, Ric Flair carried that belt from uh, <laughs> WCW into WWF. I've never won a belt, but I'm going to say I have one anyway because... Smoke weed every day. Oh, everybody loves me. I love him. I think he's great. He's all right. He's tremendous. Um, Who, Flair? No, um, oh, Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. I respect him as a fighter, but, but I don't, you just don't like him as a person. I mean, it's just like like little things, like just being like he's just not a considerate person. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing an interview with someone, like on your device, you know, you kind of like do certain things. Like you try to hold it steady, you make sure they can hear you. You're not like whatever, blah, you know, he just—he's definitely—it's just this kind of flippant arrogance I got that, you. that yeah. um, I, you know, I don't—I don't need that in my life, sure, from anybody. And I, and you know, that's that's one thing that's happened with me lately, though, is I don't really care about that anymore. Like, I, used yeah, I mean, to, like, I, like, I mean, like, I would be friends with him, like, no doubt. Like, I respect him. I would totally like, like, try to get his autograph and blow smoke up his ass if I saw him in person. <laughs> <laughs> but I would also say, like, you know, I wouldn't like say like. You know, hold back. I wouldn't like you'd be dishonest about it. It's like sure. he's, he's an amazing fighter and, sure, and, yeah, and, yeah, and an interesting, an interesting dude. No, but I'm saying I, I used to didn't like people that were had any kind of you know arrogance or anything like that. Now I really don't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, oh, do you know. do you work, yeah. work your angle? Sure. Some people need that arrogance for confidence. Like Jim McMahon, or, I used to despise yeah. Jim McMahon, and then I saw the 1985 Bears documentary on Thirty for Thirty. Love him. I mean, it was just he was so entertaining and. We have a, a common friend whose name I don't want to say, but like, like your brother and my brother, like, really didn't like him, and I was friends with him. He's like super confident, but like kind of a smaller guy, kind of Napoleon complex, and like really like kind of arrogant. And um, and I was just like friends with him. I was like, what's the, what's the big deal? That they were always just like you know very like puritanical about it. I'm not even sure I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't want to bring it. I don't want to say it on the show, but um, you know, and then I was always kind of I was always kind of like you know. Uh, just really open minded about him because he was always nice to me, and uh, so. What does that say? He doesn't go by that name now. I don't even know what it says. You can't. Is that an S? Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't make know me him. spell it out for you. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, uh, and he was always like you know, like accepted me and was like warm and friend- friendly towards me. I was just like, well, fuck you, yeah, I'll be your friend. Yeah, no, yeah. but but because he didn't fit into our sort of genre, 
you know, certain other people would be just like you know, just snooty. And he's you know. a he uh, just absolutely overflowing with charisma. Yeah, to the Loud. point that it kind of annoys you because women really like him, even yeah, though they, love, they probably should. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Love, even though it was kind of unearned in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, charisma will get you a lot of places. Sure. But uh, yeah, I love that fucking dude. I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can remember people being turned off by him. Oh, and just and just the whole like, I don't know, like race thing. I mean, the guy's white, but doesn't he doesn't he doesn't really act like someone who is from where he's from, and so people would be kind of prejudiced towards him for that reason. They would call him a wigger. Yeah. I mean, and I called him. I, that. I, I did it to his like, face. I was always just like, "Yeah, I'll come hang out with you." I loved him. He was great. Yeah. Always had really good weed. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely smoked. I, me you out. know, I, I think that, especially with our group of people, because we're we're all fairly alike, and my and, I, and our brothers are alike too. Um, those kind of people we didn't like sometimes i know i didn't because i was jealous because i was just like you know this this person is is charismatic and, and they're they're, you know they're, I mean? they're getting popular for playing a card or doing a shtick mm-hmm. and because i'm not doing that and i'm not getting that it's, a, it's almost like an envy thing sure Absolutely. at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah i mean if i just had a little bit more charisma i could have got so many of this guy's cast-offs <laughs> <laughs> You know, if I'd have just tried a little harder, you could have pulled the Mac. Yeah, moved in after conquest. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely could have done that, oh, but man. I just—I was always nervous. Like, I don't know, it's hard for me to uh, approach. You know what I mean? Still yeah. is. I'm yeah, still very too. bad at it. Oh, I'm terrible. But uh, yeah, that the guy you're talking about, whose name we're not going to mention, good rapper. Ended up being a good rapper. Yeah, and he and uh, got pretty popular from it. He's got all kinds of talent. He's like like not not the smartest in some ways. Like, you know, maybe not so good at math or whatever the certain things, but uh, obviously has talent in other ways. Well, that and that's a symptom. I, and I don't want to bash my family, but allow me. <laughs> the Keenans are the slimiest. They're all short. They all smell of sauerkraut. They came off the boat just looking for How's trouble. That? I don't know. <laughs> we smell of potatoes. I was watching Gangs in New York last night, yeah. and every single one of those ones that got killed on the, the Irish, I just imagined it. There was a Keenan, and boy, it was fun. How many times did you come? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was more his, like his balls. It hurt. was more like a. Uh, like a like an edging thing. It kind of lasted, oh, lasted yeah. for two hours, two hours and forty five minutes of edging. Awesome! What an image! Fuck! I'm trying to work on my stamina. Um, stamina. No. Uh, okay. My grandfather, I loved him. Uh, on, the on, mayor of longtime beloved. No, no, mayor. no, no, not uh, no. I'm talking about the other side of the family. Um, he didn't like anybody, even with confidence, basically. And I didn't understand that why, and then that rubbed off on me, and then I couldn't even tell you why I, dis- I disliked people, and then I found out it was just sheer envy. You know what I mean? You 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 dislike somebody because they're confident. You dislike somebody because you know people like them, or you know what I mean? And that I've spent so much of my life <laughs> being that person, and I don't want to be that fucking person. I mean, well, it's like it's it's like kind of like I don't know if it's been factually shown or anything like that, but it, there's a lot of you know philosophy that or whatever. I think it's been studied somewhat that if you, um, if you if you have resentment for a certain quality that a person has, you have that quality. N- no, you you're blocking yourself from getting that thing. So, like for example, 
if you're not loving it, if someone's getting attention for acting a certain way and you're resentful of that, then you're blocking yourself from getting attention in a way. Because you'll, you'll subconsciously block yourself because um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, um, like say someone's like, a, I don't know, like say someone's a good mu- a musician who's as good as me and they're getting all kinds of attention and people love them and no one's paying attention to me. If I'm resentful of their success, mm-hmm. then I will block myself from, from getting success. Oh, I get it. Whereas I'm, if I'm loving and accepting of this quality of, of them, if I'm like, oh, that's actually really great. I'm like, that's awesome that he's getting recognized or whatever. Then yeah. I'm ex- inviting that into my own life. Like a law of attraction type deal? Yeah, but it's but there's actually like science. There's actually some science behind you know what I mean? Like, like, just psychology. Like you, yeah. you like, like you are actually blocking yourself. It's not like a magic thing. It's right. like, it's like the the, the science behind positive thinking. Mm-hmm. I also think um, that that was blocking a lot of me and a lot of my family from. We're, we're a big group for um, don't don't think too much of yourself and you know don't you know and it's just it's like that's how famil- familiar familial curses occur sure like I mean sometimes they occur because like there's like literally some black magic like you're you're <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's just like a trait that's passed down and it's a learned behavior it may be somewhat genetic but also a learned behavior and you like that's us all over like we're 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 a group. That we ne- we don't ever feel like we fit in, um, we don't ever feel terribly confident. There there are people who have broken out of it. My my uh, one cousin has broken out of it. He is he he just doesn't ascribe to it. I I think recently have broken out of it. I don't give a shit. You know I'm just like no. You know I don't resent anybody for anything. I don't you know for being. Good at anything. I don't resent anybody for being arrogant or anything like that. Well, if you have something to be arrogant about, it, be arrogant. I don't care, you know. And it's um, and it's not an affectation either. It's weird. Like I just, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, my dad uh, always encouraged me to be confident, even if I wasn't good at something. Because if you don't believe, nobody else is going to. You know? Right. That's that's very healthy, actually. In sports, like um, he told me. If if uh, you're you're out there pitching and you're just having a shit game, everything you throw looks like a watermelon, and they're just rocking the shit out of you every time. Don't show any sort of reaction. That's a good. That and is a good idea. It didn't always work, right? Because <laughs> well, no, I mean you're human. <laughs> I was a kid too, All right? But uh, but when it did work, I could. There was a noticeable difference by the way I performed in the way I performed. Like I would. That's why I think we were talking about the law of attraction and all that stuff. I do think that there is something too. Oh, like uh, like fucking batting. Well, I'm just talking about just in general in life where you're, you know, where you think positive. I think it changes outcomes. Well, there's. I mean, your your brain is physically different, mm-hmm. and it's going to create a physically different result. Sure. I mean, it, it's not like magic. well, however it happens. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I I think it's. It might even be quantum in a way. So, um, hey, sure. I mean, I, I have so such a hard time getting my thoughts together. I, I worked in the morning to this morning, so um, that's no excuse. You, you <laughs> sure be, it is. It's a fine excuse. <laughs> um, no, it's like when you're in that zone of uh, you feel everything's positive, everything's going well, and it's almost like you're floating. You know, nothing is 
and it could be anything. Like I heard somebody describe on Chasing Ghosts about playing a video game and how you're almost one with the game and you know what it's going to do next. You know what I mean? I believe there is some kind of well, I mean, like last night I was I was flipping around on the um, on the changer and I just knew mechanically where this one button was in pitch darkness and I would hit it without even really thinking about it. I'm just mechanics, you you know, because I was confident in, in it where it was. I didn't even think about it. boom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that there are so much mechanics involved in that kind of stuff that uh, that are so microscopic that we, you you can't even understand all that's going on. One of the what I'm trying to say. One of the best ones that that kind of proves it for me is like um, is like is a hitting like in baseball or softball mm-hmm. or wiffle ball. I remember like when I played little league. I was I was a great fielder. Like I was really good. I played mm-hmm. first base. I, I almost never missed the ball. I was good at throwing people out. Good fielder, but just never really was, was much of a hitter. Like I could run really fast. Mm-hmm. I could steal bases and stuff. But it, I would just wait to get walked or hope to get like a ground. You know, just just try to get just try to get on base. Yeah, I wasn't a good hitter. Um, and it, I was just intimidated. You know, I didn't have confidence because I never I was never allowed to be a good hitter. I was never like. Just never, no one ever worked with me and just let me get a bunch of hits and, and let me get into a groove. I never right. got into that groove, and so I didn't have confidence. But then after I quit, and then any other time I would play softball or baseball or something like that, I just didn't give a fuck because it wasn't my game yeah. anymore. And I'd be like, "Fuck, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking rock this. I'm, I'm gonna fucking take this pitcher's head off." You know. And now, like now, every time I hit, it's like, it's like, oh my god, it's like I would have been like a good, I would have been like a good baseball athlete, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like because I can fucking hit, right? Yeah. Uh, and and it's all about it's all about the mindset. It's all about just believing that you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's like you can, and then and then I just get relaxed. I just get real relaxed. I'm not even going to look at this ball. I'm just going to feel like use the force or something. Yeah. And it's like and the force works that way too. It's like if you don't if you don't believe that you can, if Luke doesn't believe that he can lift the the the, the craft out of the swamp, he's definitely not going to be able to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Um, but but hitting is that's a perfect example of that. And the martial arts is the same. If you go into a fight, like I'm going to fuck it, you know. This guy can't touch me. You might, you, you know, you might get proved wrong a little bit, but you're going to do a hell of a lot better than if you go in defensive, right. and scared. Well, it's like weights. Before you pick it up, I have yeah. to know I Mi- can do it. Mind over matter. Yeah, it's, so. it go, it's like there's probably some in the Bible. I mean, this isn't anything new we're talking about. Right. People have known about this shit for thousands of years. I was afraid of the ball when I first started after T-ball. When I first started playing live pitch, yeah, baseball. because you're, you're, my brother didn't pitch that fast. I'm like, whoa, these fucking pitchers are scary. Yeah, and, and those little league pitchers have terrible accuracy. Yeah, really terrible. So you know what my dad did? He he he, he, he threw, changed, ball, threw he, at you. He tied you up against an, against that big oak tree <laughs> and threw a baseball into your solar plexus until not you, quite, but he would until uh, you passed. He'd out. get a bucket of balls. We go to Dixie, the ball field at Dixie, and I would stand at the plate, and uh, he would throw at me. Not pitch to me, throw at me, so I would get out of the way. Get you some, and every now and then, chit music. Well, I mean, every now and (laughs) one out of every three would be a good pitch for me to hit, and I had to hit that. I had to get, but you also had to be ready to. to I had to also be ready dodgeball, and then after two weeks of that or something, I was fine. Right, but he nailed me quite a few fucking times. Then you, then you know, it's like the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to get hit, and this is what it feels like. He's not going to try to hit me in the head, and it's not, it's not, it's not the end of the day. You know, it hurts, it sucks, but. uh, it's not the end of the day to get Yeah, it took it took a little while and then uh, speaking of <laughs> it was fucking hilarious to him, I bet. <laughs> no, he just wanted to make you better. It worked. I uh I remember playing and I hated baseball. I mean, it's like I, I can't remember what, what age I found sports, but I was when I did, I was good at them. Um but baseball I just uh, no no confidence like, you know, 
stuff happened and you know whatever and um i never swung i I would never take a swing at the ball Hmm. and finally i remember my last at bat uh buddy's dad came in and he said he's like here's what i want you to do he said i just want you i don't care what he throws just swing at it and i did and i hit it and I fucking cracked it, but it just so happens that the, the, the guy who threw it, I mean, it was Deke Johnson. Ooh. Deke Johnson was a great fucking baseball player, and he just reached out. He just reached, and I hit it right at him, and he just went pow, and he fucking caught it. I Line like, drive to yeah, right. but I was so happy that you con you yeah, made contact, cracked it. I mean, yeah. it was a fucking sound. It was a victory for you. Yeah. If he hadn't have had been such a good baseball, because I remember him, he was yeah. really good. Yeah, he was. If really he had been so good, that could have been a double. Yeah, you know, absolutely. At least a single. And then I remember playing. Uh, we went up there with Stockton and Adam and Kevin Phillips, and we're playing up at the baseball field. Uh, well, now where there's a house at Falls View, uh, Warwick Smith's house, and um, I was just killing it, killing the ball. Pow! I was knocking the shit out of it, and it's because I didn't care. You know, I just. And then I, when I got the first one, I was just. I remember being scared, like, you know, I don't want to get hit with it, and I'm just going to... And I remembered what my friend's dad said. I was just going to swing at it, and it killed it. And then you... Crushed it. So, because you didn't care, you were able to be successful. Yeah. And that, like, translates to, like, like what we've talked about is, like, when you stop giving a shit, then you're able to give a shit. Right. You actually become effective. You get loose, and you get, you know... Yeah, you're, like, you have to be accepting of yourself to potentialize. Right. Uh, You know... Hmm. The uh, it's, it's we old were, fucking Jedi, Jedi mind. We were talking about the fights, uh, the main event, Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic. I don't think is that yeah. the best best uh, comeback of all time, perhaps in a fight. No, it's, I wouldn't say that because it wasn't like I wouldn't call it a comeback. Maybe he in was, a heavyweight fight, D- Daniel was ahead, but I wouldn't call that a comeback. I've been here for years. Uh, it was a close fight. Well, he won definitely won the it first. It was one. Three it was one round to two rounds. Um, but it, the first round, Cormier was pretty much having his way. Like he was landing shots. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fucking him up, but he busted him up a little bit. Like he picked him up and slammed him. But Stipe was able to get right back up to his feet. He didn't. He wasn't laying there very long. Right. And second round, a little more of the same. Daniel Cormier had a weird strategy where he was reaching out for him. That's what kind of what he always did. He does the zombie thing, which is what Ben Askren does too. Yeah. Because you, you can kind of block punches that way. You can't really get punched. You can kind of parry them. You can't punch anybody when they're like this, really. You know, if, you, if you're if you good at it. And then you, then he'll grab your wrist because he's so short. What and, he, then, and then punch Because what he clinch. wants to do, because the, their last fight, he got Stipe in the clinch and hit him with an uppercut and knocked him out in the first round. And uh, it wasn't working this time. He was landing some shots. Stipe was landing a few. He was definitely behind in the fight. Yeah. And then in the third round, John noticed something. John just says, you know... Daniel's body is wide open. It's always open. It's wide open. And then the fourth round comes around, and Stipe comes out. He's a, he's a southpaw. He comes out, jab, jab, body shot. Jab, jab. Step, Just keep step to him. the left, liver, hit, hit liver him, hook hit to the liver. Right here, hit mm-hmm. him right underneath. And Daniel's got no answer. No answer. Absolutely no fucking answer. And I think it was maybe on the sixth one, he did the. You, you know whenever it really hurts them They yeah. kind of hunch over a little bit Yeah And they have the Ugh, it became, Look on their face It became harder and harder For him to hide, to hide That it was right. fucking him up Right And Stipe fucking won Then he did He danced a jig He knocked him out I think they might have Called it a TKO And then he danced a jig For some reason and, But yeah, That's I was the in, baddest I was man In the world right I was just there. like I was like Is he an Irishman? No He's <laughs> Lithuanian <laughs> I know, He's from but Cleveland But me, yeah Miocic He's 
Uh, but Slugs. yeah, that was, that was an amazing fight. I, I don't know if they're going to do it again, but because they're one and one against each other yeah. now. Fuck Brock Lesnar. Let those motherfuckers fight. Yeah, Stipe, Stipe is the baddest man on the planet. I mean, respect to Cormier, but... Um, Two-division champ. I wasn't really that impressed with how either of them were fighting up until that fourth round. <laughs> I was yeah. I was kind of mad the whole time. I was it, like, it what looked, the fuck? It are was they? a little sloppy. And, like, Miocic was... He was open in the same way that he got knocked out in the first fight. Coming off the clinch, he was, his, he was still open to that hook. You know what I mean? DC didn't catch him with it. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But uh, very exciting. It was very exciting. One of the most exciting Especially fights. once he started using the body shot. We, were, we all looked at each other like, oh. Because oh, nobody ever does that to him. Who was here? Uh, we, it was after the, uh, the wrestling thing. I went to Matt Shelton's. Was it, no. it Matt's? Yeah, we had an orgy afterwards. Neat. We all had sex. Yeah, come all over the place. It was weird. Awesome. It was really weird. We bathed in each other's jizz. It wasn't even like You would think it'd be like awkward And stuff like that Just like No We're friends no, man, I'll, I'll, I'll catch you next time It's yeah. not gay if you love the guy yeah, There you go <laughs> See See you the next time we watch cage fights <laughs> Yeah you definitely gotta come Cage and fights And you will come Was Kip Dynamite there? <laughs> In spirit I always, I always forgot that Kip's name is also Last name is also Dynamite That's just a, such a great name <laughs> Yeah right Kip You have the worst reflexes ever <laughs> Kip almost caught um, um, uh, Rex Quando Rex Quando with that spinning yeah. sweep Yeah he did He almost caught him with it They caught him He was like that was pretty good <laughs> <laughs> Even complimented him on it <laughs> Bow to your sensei <laughs> that, I, I kind of like model my whole life After that movie in one way or another <laughs> It still holds up We watched it a few months ago oh, it's, it's still just it's, fucking great Gentleman Broncos is better It is I don't know about that. an immaculate movie it's just, I love Gentleman Broncos. Gentleman Broncos is just I love that movie. Napoleon Dynamite is it, it is put the pillow down. Nearly a, it is nearly perfect. It might be perfect. It might be. It's I mean it's close. It's so fun. I don't feel like I'm qualified to say whether or not a movie's perfect because that's like why I say sleeves. nearly. They're real big. <laughs> just stupid shit like that. Are you drinking one percent because you, you think should, you're you, fat? You said bake out a cake or something. Summer <laughs> <laughs> Wheatley. I was I was getting very hot, so I took a bath, but it didn't do nothing. And then I realized that it was my hair that was making my head so hot. <laughs> so I went so I went into the bathroom and I shaved it all off, and I don't want anyone to see. <laughs> oh God damn it! It's so tremendous. So I went to um, my niece Denise's wedding. Uh, I left on Friday Took my mom And I left the boy here I left back here All by his lonesome With a giant bowl For of 4.5 days For two days He's fine And um It was uh A state at this place Called Shaker Village Or whatever Like it looked like An old plantation Kind of haunted Yeah A little bit Um let me I got some A few pictures of it That I haven't Thrown up yet let me see. That's the building I stayed in. Jesus. Yeah. Cool. There's multiple buildings like that on the on the property. It's like a complex where they do shit like this all the time. Yeah, they do like events and things. Events and like probably like Jeffrey Epstein style cult events. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like that's where the uh, reception was. It's pretty good. Yeah, it looks it's nice. Pretty nice little pictures. I um the uh 
rehearsal dinner was cool because they had alcohol there, and I hadn't had alcohol in almost a year. So um, they were serving steak. It's one of the better steaks I've ever had. They had uh, filet mignon. Bacon wrapped. No, no bacon. Mm. It was pretty dope. But um, oh, fuck filet mignon. I mean, it's not what I buy, but if it's going to be given to me, I'll take. Oh yeah, oh man, yeah, it's good. Long. But it's like I don't know. There's so many better cuts. I like a good ribeye. I'm a ribeye guy. Yeah, almost all the time. I like blade steaks. I like all kinds of different London cuts. broil. What they call? It. I've been getting like the western style ribs, which isn't even a rib. I think it's a shoulder cut. Yeah, good marbling on it. Mm-hmm. It's nice and soft. See, I used to. Ironically, I used to go to for steaks that didn't have marbling because I didn't want fat. And then I read up on this recently that um, you want fat. Yeah, and lots of it. So that's what yeah. I've they flipped the the pyramid. I've been around. fucking saying this shit. I've been preaching this shit. <laughs> that the. Uh, I talked to the uh, my fian- my niece's. He was the fiance at the time. Husband now, a little bit nice guy. I'm glad he's nice. Um, we talked about music and stuff, and that was pretty cool. I, um, my sister grabbed one of my beers and was pretending to take drinks of it, so my nieces would freak out. All three of my nieces, Denise's, and um, so I took pictures. She didn't know I took pictures, and I put them online because it was hilarious, and. Uh, I was threatened with violence by my sister, and um, uh, four beers got me a pretty good buzz. I did not know. No, I didn't think that would be. It's lost amazing. Much weight. I've lost weight and I haven't drank in so. It's long. amazing right. how well alcohol drinking works. Al- alcohol drinking more alcohol does not build a tolerance. You know that, right? I thought it did. I've read medical journals and stuff. It does not build a tolerance. What Excuse the, me. What, what the fuck are you talking? I've I've read I've that been a, in I've, numerous I've, places. I've drank most of my life, and I can tell you. That the way that I feel when I drink, say, three beers when I'm normally drinking six a day is very different from the way I feel when I drink three beers when I haven't had anything for a year. I think what the the opinion That's or, or, tolerance. The, or, the, or the evidence is, is that uh, you're, able, you're better able to I – don't, I don't know. I mean, I just – I've read, I've read it more than one place that says there's no demonstrable evidence that – Drinking alcohol builds a tolerance. Now you can get tolerance to other things like opiates and stuff like that, but I just I, I know I've read that somewhere. Maybe I don't know. But I, I I just can't. I didn't say it. It, it, it d- seemed d- like to d- me. Doesn't it not make any it, sense to you? It, like based it, on just a, just like sure. being alive and being a human being, drinking and knowing that that's not yes. true. I mean, okay, that's the way I feel. Okay, that's fine. And what I'm saying is is that yes, to me that did sound strange, and that's the reason I brought it up because it's an interesting conversation point. There are some there are some factoids that people say that aren't true. This I think and this, I think that this is not true. I thought it was a medical. I thought it was a medical journal. I, I can tell you for ma- you know just as a matter of fact that I can. That there's a big difference between when I'm like a daily drinker, like I am now, right, and and how much that much alcohol will affect me. Like, like when I was sober for two years or whatever, two and a half years, if I drank what I normally drink today, yes, I would have been fucked up. Yeah, I was. I noticed a little. Now bit I'm like of, lucid. I'm like totally lucid after I, the end of the day. Today. I noticed a little bit of a change after one beer, and then after two beers, I was like, oh, we're getting loose. Like we're your brain, your brain we're, learns how to. There was a dance floor. I'd be cutting a rug. Yeah. And then after three, I was like, I'm, I'm freaking giving these two kids an ear beating about Tyler Childers and fucking 
Sturgill Simpson. And uh, yeah, normally you would have needed to chug <laughs> like a whole twelve pack. Yeah, at that you, point. it used to be six. I would get the change that I got from one. Alcohol tolerance is increased by regular drinking. This reduced sensitivity acquires that higher quantities of alcohol be consumed in order to achieve the same effects as before tolerance was established. Heavy alcohol consumption I mean, over a period of years can lead to. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to say I was right because the computer said it, but but I'm just saying just experience. Yeah, this is just w- maybe the way my body works. Maybe for some people, there's no raise in tolerance. Maybe for cheerleaders, I don't know. Maybe they're using the word tolerance in a very technical, specific way, like your abil- your liver's ability to process alcohol maybe. or okay, yeah. some shit like some technical. Right. Um. Uh, I'm trying to think of where I was at. Anyway, we were at the for the rehearsal dinner. We were at their uh, <laughs> her uh, husband's family farm, which was just absolutely. Gorgeous, sprawling estate. I fucking hate beautiful farms. <laughs> I was going to say you would love it there. <laughs> I mean, you you would love. Like, this is where they breed the horses for the freaking Kentucky Derby and the Preakness and all this Christ. shit. This is money, and everybody's fucking nice. I was so mad that all these rich people were nice, and also <laughs> I also didn't know how poor I was until I got there. Sure, I'm like oh, I'm the poorest person here. <laughs> this is tremendous. This is great. I, I decided. Um, when everybody asked me what I do, I was just going to tell them I'm a musician because I didn't want them to look down on me for being poor for making bad decisions. I wanted them to look down on me for being poor because I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I told. But everybody. those are so Dutch. Ca- what do you do? Are kind of the same. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But at least I'm <laughs> at least I'm being an artist. I'm kidding. At least I'm flaky. You know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm a musician, singer, songwriter. You know, I'm trying to. I'm out there. Grinding, I'm not out there grinding. I'm not really even really trying to make. I'm just trying to write songs, and if my mom likes them, that's pretty much all I care about. But uh, that's what I decided to do, and uh, nobody really looked down. Everybody's fucking nice. I'm like, oh, maybe afterwards <laughs> they talk some shit. I don't know. Sure. But um, then uh, the wedding day, everybody was freaking out. My my niece was going to sing a song, and she did sing the song at the thing, and she's never. Performed in front of anybody before at the uh, this is at the reception. The wet weddings are all the same. Like we stand here, we say we repeat the thing that the guy in the suit says. Okay, great, tremendous. Right. Um. But uh, the uh, the reception was out in, out in the field on the property of that shaker place, and uh, the fried chicken was good, solid. If you like fried chicken, well, it's Kentucky fried. Yeah. Colonel Sanders himself was there. <laughs> God. I wouldn't. Think I would that, have so many think, questions. I wouldn't think that. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't think that rich people would know how to do fried chicken. It was a. Uh, it was catered. Oh, so the the poor people made the food. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor people make, poor people can make food. Oh yeah, yeah. If you find a place that doesn't have any signage, it just has a, a neon sign that says "open" in it. Go in there. That's right. And get food from them. The greasy spoon, as yeah. it's called. Pretty much, hmm. but. Uh, I was more nervous about my niece singing a song than she was. I went up and I plugged it in and made sure it worked. I fucking had to switch the batteries around because nobody in that family knows how to put those little flat batteries in. So I switched it around and made it work. And uh, the guy was hand, uh, was getting ready to turn up the sound for it. I was like, is it in tune? He's like, oh, yeah. And then I turn on the little, little tuner on it. It's a fucking sweet little guitar. It's like a, it's a Taylor Mini. Which it looks like a ukulele in my hand, but it looked like a fucking jumbo in hers. Um, but it was not in tune. Like this could have fucked up the entire thing. Like because this is the first time she's playing in front of people, mm. and so you're like kind of a hero. I'm her fucking. I'm a roadie. 
I'm like in the background kneeling down, like <laughs> <laughs> grabbing cord. Gra- yeah, I'm grabbing, <laughs> and I've, I tune the fucking guitar, and I'm like, "Do you know what you're doing? Have you ever, like, is this where you want the strap? How do you usually play? Whenever you, whenever you're practicing, do you sit down? Like, how do you? I, yeah, she's just like, just put the fucking guitar on me. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think you got some fucking. I, sense. I almost started crying. I was, it was because it was me. Because you saw the pictures, the bitch looks exactly like me. Yeah. Except for small. I don't know, dude. He's <laughs> a little bit better looking than you. Well, yeah, because she's a girl. And she's like 20 or something. Yeah, there's the time. Stop fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Just agree, goddammit. <laughs> oh, she looks like she could be my kid. How's that? And it was then like I remember how nervous I was the first time I played and sang in front of people with like not just being in a band when before I even played. But like if a string breaks, if it feeds back. I made her mom go buy a sound hole cover because I was afraid the people running the sound wouldn't know how to deal with feedback. So I made her get a sound hole cover to put on put in the guitar just in case. And mm. I said I told her it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not I have it. it. Yeah. So but it was fine. I, she sang simply the best, the better, like better than all the, the Tina Turner song. Yeah, except yeah. for it's like a slow acoustic version, and her finger picking technique is better than mine because she has a, a a teacher. I was like, this is fucking amazing. I've never seen this kid play before. I was like, what the fuck? And she sang; it was fucking great. And um, then all the pressure was off after that. There you go. And uh, people danced, and it was fun. And they voted me the coolest uncle ever, and they want me to come visit every weekend. That's awesome. And I'm not going to do that. But it's nice to know that they like me. And take me sometime. I'd like to see the place. We can all go. They have plenty of room. All their kids have left. The reason I say that is he mentioned it earlier. I wasn't inviting myself. I was just. Yeah, we can all go. What I want to do, my sister plays piano. That one plays guitar and sings. I want to write a song and take uh, some equipment there and have them play on it and sing on it. That's a great idea. And then come and put stuff like a beat or something underneath it and a bass and accoutrement. You know how songs go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the other one plays. And, and then just get into some raunchy booty rap. Yeah, of course. Of course, I'm going to put my rap over top of it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't have any songs that would be appropriate because they're all either ranting about the government or ranting about a girl or something. Mm-hmm. And so I need to. Try to figure out something that they could probably play on, and the other, the Leanna, the one that the one Denise that uh, I don't know if she plays anything, but she could shake a tambourine, I guess. Leanna, the one Denise, <laughs> play the dulcimer. She could play the dulcimer. It's just like three strings, isn't it? Actually, it's extremely difficult she to play. F- one isn't it the one you have a bar? You have a bar to. You can play with a stick, or you can play with your, your fingers. fingers. Okay, I've never. I've that, and that's well. That's that's different. That's a that is an Appalachian dulcimer, dulcimer yeah. or mountain dulcimer, fundamentally different from a hammered dulcimer, right? On. Which is like a isn't that an Irish instrument? More like a. Uh, I don't know if it's specifically Irish, but it's more like a like a piano harp that you hit you hit it with hammers. They're very different. I also found out that my weird niece uh, Denise, she does this weird hula hooping thing. She learned how to hula hoop to um, for exercise or whatever, and it's like she does this stuff. She just taught herself this crap. Oh, it's like stunt hula stuff. Yeah, like she lights them on fire and like people throw knives at her and shit. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, it's weird. That's cool. 
That's, that's a good a way to burn calories as any, mm-hmm. I guess. It looks pretty. Yeah, I had no idea. But yeah, that's about all I got to say. My mom, uh, in the middle of the ceremony, as people were, we didn't know where to sit. Nobody told us where to sit. So we just sat in the front row on the right side, which usually I think is for the groom's family. I don't know. We didn't know. The only weddings I've ever been to, I've been in. Right. So we just sat down, and uh, as they were walking, the, uh, the Jack was bringing his parents up, I think. And they were getting rid of, like, I think we were in our seats. And mom would go, shit. I was like, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, shoot. She was, shoot. I was like, I don't think anybody cares where we're sitting. Nobody complained. I'm sure we're all just being beaten down verbally by all these people. Uh, I don't know. Who gives a shit? They sound like nice people. Yeah. That's about all I got to say about all that. It was fun. And an okay time. You guys want to do favorite things? Yes. Hell yes, son. Of course you put a fucking ad on it this week. You fucking pieces of garbage. Raindrops on roses and whisker biscuits. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite Favorite things, episode 225. Taters, let's go. Let's get it. Okay, a few things this week. Um, I saw uh, Tyler Childers. I've I've gotten into his music. Uh, The one song, Charleston Girl, is a great song. And then... He has another video. What's fire? House fire. House fire. And I sent it to to John. Um, I th- I think I and we were just talking about it, and he said, "Well, you know the the song. I like the song. Don't get me wrong. But what I was talking about that was cool is the uh, dancing. So the Appalachian stomping. Uh, stuff. Yes, I love and it just Appalachian." Culture in general I'm so Thankful That I'm a part of it So Even though As limited a part of it As I as I am You know um, uh, We We grew up down here So we didn't really Get a lot of the influence I mean of course You know you're From here So You know You'll get a lot of things Just by proxy You know so um, I just I, I love how beautiful the dancing is and how unique it is uh it's basically again a lot of irish influence um you know uh it's just a, it's a really uh, appalachian culture is a really beautiful thing in a lot of ways i mean it's it's a shared experience of being poor of um everybody shoulder the load um help your neighbor you know we we've, we've talked about that before how you know, I've I've lived up north. They suck. They're terrible fucking people. <laughs> um, not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just. I'm talking about their, their whole culture. Um, when their interstates are 55 miles an hour in Pennsylvania, fuck them. <laughs> well, I, I'm not saying they suck as in they're bad people. I'm saying their culture is shitty because they don't. A, they're cold. They don't. They're not folksy like we are here, you know. Not friendly. No, like well, Annie will come down, and I remember when she was old enough to finally understand. Uh, Haley Gerald had walked out to the car. Didn't know Annie. I saw Kay a few weeks ago. Her mom. Yeah, and uh, her, my mom talked for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, they haven't and, seen each other in years. And Haley just came over and, ha- and handed her a cupcake, and he's like, well, "Thank you," you know. And and she's like, "She's like, Dad, they just don't do things like that." 
back back in Michigan and in Ohio. They said they just don't. They're not they're not nice to each other like that. They don't. She said when I when she would go for a run when she you know Annie likes to run now. She said people would always wave at her and talk to her and stuff like that. Didn't know her. She's not from here, you know. And <clears throat> she's always commenting on the fact that she loves West Virginia culture. And I really hadn't thought about it until she said something. And and lately seeing this and just realizing that. Yes, we have a lot of we have a lot of drawbacks to live in this state. We have poverty. We have a lot of uh, you know there is ignorance. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. There is a lot of ignorance. I feel personally attacked when you say that. Well, you should. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just think that we have Appalachian culture is a very has a lot of beauty, and uh, you know from the dancing to the uh, just the way we treat each other, um, you know. The fact that we're all willing to help each other, you know, if something happens, people go and seek it out and say, "Well, we need to help those people." People up north say, "Go fuck yourself." They don't care, you know. It's not their business. That's not their problem. I remember them saying things like that, you know. A, a, a guy who I knew got his fingers ripped off, and his friends were remarkably unsympathetic, shockingly cavalier. Basically, yes. I mean, they were just like, well, things are tougher over. One of them actually said that. I just kind of looked at him like, this guy's your friend. He had his friend fingers ripped off in an industrial accident. Back home, you would have had to cook for six months. <laughs> People would have brought you food. They would have helped you any way they knew how. To the point of annoyance. They, yeah. I mean, to, to you just had to be like, I'm good. You know, you can... <laughs> Whenever my dad died and my brother before that, for three days, people were bringing shit to my mom's house. Yeah. People brought shit here. I didn't know anybody knew where I lived. Bring food, uh, plates, whatever it was. All right. Oh, really? Casseroles. Nobody brought shit. me shit. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> when Momo died... Uh, all my neighbors came, like, and gave me a hug. Um, Jonna, who lives next door, she gave me a hug and said, you, you need anything? You know, she's like, I know it's going to be hard on you. She's like, if you need anything, we're just come over and talk. And, you know, all those things hit me, and I'm just like, you know, we're so lucky in some ways to live here. Yeah. And um, in a lot of ways, not. But Well, sure, but, you know, you, you it's a mixed bag. You take the good with the bad. I mean, yes, we <laughs> don't have. Take them both, and there you have. Facts of life. <laughs> You've got Mindy Code, Tootie. Um, <laughs> it's like when somebody it's like when somebody makes you a bag of garbage, and you're like, you know, I like the chocolate covered powdered sugar checks thingies, <laughs> but they got some raisins and peanuts, and then they just don't need to be there. But you eat them anyway. Sure. <laughs> I remember my neighbor, uh, my mom's neighbor across the road, uh, made like one of those beer can chickens, like made two or three of them, yeah. and brought them over. And Aaron Moore was that uh, former. Uh, the guy that uh, John played, he was at my at my me. mom's house. Me, and uh, we ate like two of them by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> that personality could eat. Yeah, he was a a hoss, <laughs> redheaded gay guy, big old redheaded gay guy. <laughs> um, another uh, favorite thing is I started the keto diet pretty much in earnest, but um. The first day was great, and I don't know. I want to talk to you about this, and and because I know you have, you've done it kind of, haven't you? I've never actually done keto. I just, but your diet is but, but actually it, it, it's similar. It's a similar. Most of the time, you're not stuffing bread and sugar down your throat. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about things in terms of that, but I'm not strict about it. Well, I'm not. 
Okay, the first day when I still had carbs in my body and it was like a light bulb getting really bright before it burns out, I was rushing around like a fucking had a motor in my ass. You know, I'm just like, yeah. I feel great. And you got all these extra fat calories to burn. Right. And then the second day still felt good. Um, today. <laughs> no, you get the key. People get keto flu. Yeah. Uh, Dutch was, was telling, telling me about, me about that. that. Yeah. Um, today, though. I lifted in the morning, and my strength was not where it should have been. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, I, this feels terrible. And it's because I just didn't have any glycogen or carbs in my muscles. So I ate a double-decker oatmeal cream pie when I left work and drank some chocolate milk and took my pre-workout and went to the gym and was so fucking strong. It was, I mean, even I was impressed. I mean, I was picking up shit. I'm like, that's really fucking heavy, you know. And... um Doing, I sent Dutch a picture of it. Doing one arm rows with a hundred, a hundred and forty five pound dumbbell, you know. So they have one hundred and forty five. I had to dumbbell. build it. He had to make oh. it himself out of scratch. He had uh, to make the weights. I had to he cast them. Had to cast them. He's, he's got the forge with the he's hammer. In, he's in there pouring. Uh, yeah, steel. I mean, I'm really, I'm really committed to the uh, whole. Uh, dwarven <laughs> just just so he can bend over and go like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, had not gone up above on better rows. Had not gone up above two twenty five. Two twenty five felt like a fucking feather. So I slapped on two fifty. Did it. It was not heavy. Slapped on two seventy five. Was doing Are you it. Doing five by fives or, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it just I just felt I still have if the aftermath of it feel great. Um, so I think that I'm going to have to eat. I'm just going to have to eat uh, carbs before I work out so I can get that feeling. Um, and then just be strict otherwise. So, well, they have uh, glucose packs or something, glycogen packs. No, like he's it's like a little looks like um, a gogurt. Yeah, that you just tear open and and squeeze down your throat. I might well look into that. The people take before they work out. And I stuff. wonder where, where would you get something like that? Jesus Christ, I don't know. Um, look that up real quick. Oh, I'm sure they have them at GNC. You can order them online. Sure, Walmart might have something similar. Who knows? Then the third favorite thing, and this is one of the coolest. A while ago, there was this giant. Probably Amazon. Yeah, there was this giant book released called Art and Arcana. And it was about, it was all the collected works of Dungeons and Dragons from its beginning to the present day. Like all the major paintings. All this stuff. And I want the book, and I'm going to buy it. It's huge. It's like, you know, it's big, hardbound. You know, it's going to be great. But then I was flipping through uh, the movie channels. There's a documentary called Eye of the Beholder, The Art of Dungeons and Dragons. So I was sitting there fucking watching it. I was so taken back to that time where... Because I remember, I, I remember seeing all these modules. I remember this artwork, and then they were interviewing all the artists. They they, they had these four guys called the Four Horsemen who worked for TSR. Woo! Uh, Larry Elmore, Claude Caldwell, uh, Jeff Easley, and um, I think David Parkinson, who has passed away. And hopefully, he didn't get Parkinson's disease. I don't think that's right on the nose. Um, <laughs> but. I, I was just They had interviews With uh, Margaret Weiss Who I remember telling me And Margaret Weiss Had kind of a yeah. Started a Twitter friendship Kind of Yeah you guys fucked uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And Just all these oh, So much of my childhood And so much of my You know 
the paintings of uh, the, the Dragonlance stuff, and then you know Dark Sun and all this, and the, all the awesome interviews. And I was just there, like, man, this is awesome. I, I love this. I, I love this documentary. I'm going to watch it again. And what uh, was this at on Amazon or uh, it's on Amazon? Right on. So um, yeah, really, really was excited to see that. And it was, and it was, it was a very good documentary. Like it, we got seven points something on the out of ten, you know. Because usually when they do something like that, it wasn't so. It's not so good. But this one was well produced, and you know, it's just um, the funniest one was Larry Elmore. I didn't realize he was. Uh, he's basically like a Texan or something. And he talks, you know. And he was my favorite artist. Um, I'll punch up at least one of his paintings. He was the first real fantasy book I bought um, was uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. And um, he painted the cover to that. And shit. And it was it, 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 the cover is why I bought the damn thing. Because it caught my eye, you know, and I hope the picture gets better than that. No, it's not going to load up. Um, and I just, uh, I, I love it. It's, um, you can see it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's really beautiful. And, you know, and, and he since went back and repainted them and they're worse. Like his, his, his original work was better than the stuff he redid. So, um, you know, I I, th- I bought this book just for the cover so I could look at it and didn't read it for years, and then finally picked it up and read it. Well, and it's Dungeons and Dragons books. Well, yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dragons the original started, you know, uh, and then Dragonlance came and it was like epic fantasy and it was this world of Kryn and stuff like that, and um, you know, they Forgotten Realms was where Dritzo Erd and the Dark Elf was and all that stuff, and. Again, though, I'm, I, I remember being an outsider, kind of, because as I started, I, as I got, you know, felt to get a little bit more confidence, started playing sports, I didn't fit in with that anymore. And I knew that if I had had that group of friends, I, I wasn't enough into it that I would have been, you know, accepted. Yeah. So, because they're really fucking into it. Um, like, you know, you can tell people they're really into it. They're like divorced from reality somewhere. <laughs> so. And that's okay. I mean, if that's what makes them happy, that's fine. But I, I just, I like it in as much as uh, I, playing a Dungeons and Dragons game would be great. And I like the books. And that's about it. I don't. That's as far as I get into it. So, um, but it was it was nice to see that. It was really cool. John, favorite things. Favorite. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have anything. Uh, you fighting this week. Yeah, I trained. Uh, you know, it was a pretty pretty normal week. It was good. Um, just been doing the clanging and banging a little bit. That feels good. Have you been sore from it? Or yeah, right on. I'm sore today. I've lifted yesterday. I'm pretty sore, like around my haunches or on my legs. Squats. Squats. Yeah, I Are guess. Are you doing those two or three times a week? Um, no. Like maybe. Mm. Because I have maybe like twice, not like not quite twice a week, but I've been I'm doing on some days I'm doing like other stuff. Like I throw I'll throw in like a random day of like arms and shoulders and weird stuff that, stuff that I used to do that aren't the like dumbbell stuff. The big movements. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to 
trying to make it to where for sure I'm either going to do it on Saturday or Sunday every week, so it's at least once a week. But just even from that, I've noticed my strength's already gone up. I feel the oh, head. it'll it'll I feel go the, quick. I feel the bulk going up. I feel muscle where there didn't used to be muscle. You get those beginner gains. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really fast. Yep. So well, it's, it's going fine. Um, um, I'm enjoying the season. It's a, it's a great time of year for me. Like as far Cooled as off your left as far as like yeah, it's just a farm like. It went, um, it was like 90 something th- one day, and at the same time of day, the very next day, it was in the 60s on my yeah. property. It's fucking awesome. tremendous. Yeah, it was cra- kind of weird, but, but very nice. It was damn near cold at that reception. You yeah, that's me. when I sent you the, uh, yeah, I said it's cooler out, so you, you know what I'm doing? Halloween 3. Threw on the fucking Halloween 3 is watching it. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and just doing the. He's doing the the fighting, the striking jujitsu and stuff, and uh, pretty uneventful, but like in a good way, very peaceful. I'm trying to think of anything interesting. Oh, there was um, so sometimes birds get caught in my chimney. Fuck birds. And um, I think they're swallows or something, but they get in there. I got something. And I'm just like, okay. And then I just fuck with the flu, and eventually, if they f- I open the doors, so if they find their way into the stove, they can fly out into the house. And so this this fucker was caught in there for like all like all day, just kind of making noise and waking me up and stuff. And then um, uh, eventually he finally came out, and then Bub and Minka were just on it. Like Bub chasing it, you know, it, it tried to fly out the window, and Minka immediately grabbed it and pinned it. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! And as soon as I said, I was like, it's like stop, no, no, no. Both the, the cat took two steps back. Bub stopped. It's like I'm the fucking bees master. They just do whatever the fuck I say. And then I grabbed the bird. You know, took a picture of it and you know held it outside, and he flew away. She was fine. Yeah, fucking Mark Singer over here. But um, what's your favorite Beastmaster? One, yeah, two, three, four, or the series? Maybe two. I can see two because that's where they do the time travel thing or whatever. Yeah, and there's that there's like that hot girl with the convertible who's like yeah. spoiled. It's uh, Kari Wurr. Kari Wurr's in that. Yeah, if you remember her. Of course I remember her. She was in Thinner. She was in uh, Ford Fairlane as Fuck well. yes, she was. It's just weird. Real peace. It's just like weird and terrible enough to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Not terrible in but, earnest like Sharknado. Yeah, whereas like Beastmaster 1 was kind of a good movie. It was trying to be a good movie. I liked it. I, I mean, I grew up on it. It's like it's I like, did too. Yeah, it's like know. it's like I like it for that reason. Yeah. That that and Clash of the Titans on the back to back all the God, time on TBS. You shut your mouth. It's, it's terrible. It is not no. terrible. Well, You're working terrible. On, <laughs> working on um. Oh, I like this. What I liked about this week, some of the things is that some of the fight classes were a little bit different. It's like I got to work on my elbows a lot and like clinch, like tie tie clinch elbows, tie clinch knees, things like that, um, and then also. We got to drill a bunch of takedowns, which is like kind of one of my weak points. And it was kind of great because I'm like, I didn't get usually sh- like shooting takedowns and defending takedowns like in drill form is like the most tiring thing for me. But I didn't really get tired this time. Right on. So I was like, I definitely feeling uh, feeling improvements. The takedowns will also get easier because you're getting lifting in. That'll make you stronger. Yeah, like all like the, the you know, I mean, basically like squats and, and deadlifts. That's, you know, a lot of what takedown muscles you're, you, the, the, the takedown muscles that were getting very tired for me traditionally are the ones I've been 
doing with the weights. And, you know, like, I don't know, it's just nice. Like, I still, I've still got some some judo. Like my judo throws are working pretty good and things like that. It's like, I was actually, compared to the other two guys I was training with, it's like, I actually have no more takedowns than these guys. And I'm terrible at, I'm not good at takedowns. So, I don't know, it was just, it was a good week for training. Right on. Right mm. the fuck on. That's about it. I'm trying to think if I watched anything that was, like, great. No, not really. Just an overall very pleasant week. It's been a peaceful week, feels like. Yeah. You know? It's that time of year. It's just things are... Things yeah, are you know, summer's going away and college football started. So. Yeah, I think there was a game last night. There was. Florida and Miami. And I have the ability to... Um, like, my brain is like a barometer. Like um, When I get migraine headaches, I can I can predict... The, you can, I can use migraine headaches to predict weather events, pressure changes... And I knew that the weather was going to change. It was weird. It's like a few days early this time as I had this terrible headache on a Wednesday. And I was like, all day Wednesday, I was like, oh, God, it just sucked. And I was like, I know it's like the weather's about to change. The weather's like, like, I know it. it's probably going to change today or tomorrow. And sure enough, then on Friday, it was like 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it was a little early, but it, it's it's no joke. I can like I can literally predict the weather with my headaches. Hmm. I used to be able to. I used to get um, like sinus headaches whenever it was getting ready to rain, but that's about it for me. When a, when there's a high pressure or there's a pressure change, I get really tired. I've always done that to me. Uh, anything else? Mm, no, I don't guess so. Um, I watched two amazing Jonathan documentaries. Remember the amazing Jonathan? Oh, yeah. He was fucking awesome. I loved him. He was so coked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember the, the 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 gag he would do where he'd pour uh, what was supposed to be cocaine on his uh, hand and hold it out for the guy to sniff it? Yeah. And the guy like, no, and then he'd sniff it. That was cocaine. Yeah. That was real. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, one of them is by Steve Byrne, the comedian. And uh, it's a earnest documentary about Amazing Jonathan, like getting sick and coming back and all this stuff. It was really, really good, really well done. And then at the same time, there was another one being filmed. They'd actually started before um, Steve Byrne. His is called Always Amazing. Mm. And uh, it was supposed to be more cinema verite or whatever. But they changed it to be mostly about them bitching about Steve Byrne doing his documentary. (laughs) Okay. So it was just really backbiting and bullshit. Like it was, it was shot well and it looked good, but it was just mostly about the filmmakers being like, "What the fuck, dude? There's another documentary. What are we doing?" And then they found out there's two more being made <laughs> about him. <laughs> so those were kind of fun. Um, one, the other one's on Hulu. Uh, I think it's just called the Amazing Jonathan documentary, and uh, the Steve Byrne one, always amazing, is on YouHoo, YouTube. <sighs> He came to uh, Tech. Really? Yeah. And um, my buddy Nate Cantrell, who, Nate Cantrell, if you're not listening to the fucking show, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, faggot. Um, he. I don't even know him. Well, I mean, I, he's he's a, we had uh, breakfast at Tudor's the other day. It was really pleasant. We hadn't seen each other in quite a while. Um, but. He got on stage and uh, and Nate was really fucking high. It was fucking with him really bad. Like he wouldn't expect him to be brought up on stage. So you know he had the puppet Nate. And Nate was like, 
freaking out. <laughs> One of the funniest stories. Um, I love the Major Jonathan. I always thought he was uh, he was a, he was a good comedian. That's what he said. He said I'm a I'm a lot funnier than I am a, mu- a magician. I'm way better at that. Yeah, I, I liked his tricks. They a lot of them never worked. Yeah, like the, the tape thing. Where he's <laughs> Sorry, magic just sometimes sound like tape. <laughs> where he tore that fucking twenty up. <laughs> There's the one like he he'd pull a dove out of something and it looks like a real dove and he just <laughs> smashes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one he drink the Windex. Oh yeah. No streaks. <laughs> I had a problem with streaking. Yeah. <laughs> drink the Windex and I won't be streaking now. Oh shit. Yeah, I loved him. Um, then I watched some Mind Hunter. It's about the creation of the uh, people that profile uh, serial killers. That's really good. Um, people that profile like they they killers? develop profiles of serial. They they go and interview serial killers, so you can predict their behavior so to a certain they, extent. So you can maybe get a profile of this new serial killer that might be coming around. It's it's about like in the seventies and early eighties, and uh, in the new season they have a guy playing Charlie Manson. Who also played Charlie Manson <coughs> in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? But like, in one, not to spoil anything, a lot of people were excited about Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being about the Charles Manson murders, and in a way, it is. But Charlie Manson is only on the screen for literally five seconds. So I've got this really doesn't say anything. I've got this really cool, this really interesting hypothesis about like. Uh, serial killers and mass shootings and mass murders, and uh, it's that it's that the um, the fact that that this is that this happens where you know you got these people that you know kind of lose it and and just go kill a lot of people indiscriminately that it's a symptom that there's something wrong with our culture. Hmm. That's the hypothesis. That's strong. It's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Yeah. Think it has anything to do with white privilege? I don't know. There's no science to support that. <laughs> There's actually a lot of black people um, committing um, committing uh, mass shootings too. That just doesn't get reported because they're gang related. Yeah. Usually. So that's the, 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 you know if you actually if you were to actually look at the the chronological that meets the criteria like four more people died. For, right. You know, like you know like two thirds of them are. Black and brown people. We don't want to talk about that, though. No. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm just saying there's a, Racist. Lot, of, there's a lot of crime in the cities, a lot of gun violence, like, sure. in the cities there's always been, but we don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, in the gun-free zones. We never talked about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on here, do we? It's we a, did. There's some controversy we over, did. over uh, the depiction of Bruce Lee, which is... Whatever I loved it So so the Okay yeah The controversy over Let's talk about that The controversy over The depiction of Bruce Lee This can be my homage Or whatever So people are mad Because They didn't represent Bruce Lee accurately In a movie (laughs) That is an alternate universe That depicts this historical event Entirely inaccurately Because it's an alternate universe Reality Does anyone else see the problem? Well, why that's like a stupid criticism? It's a very stupid criticism. It's like it's like it was supposed to be like these murders. Like it's supposed to be about this specific historical event, right? Yeah. And like, it didn't hey. happen the way that the history did it. No, no one's mad about that. No, actually, people were mad. People were mad about the way uh, Brad Pitt's character absolutely demolished the women 
in it. Not to again, not to spoil anything. Ooh, Squiggy Frome in them. All all of the women that can. Oh, the way he was Susan Krenwinkel beat the he was fucking he was shit violent towards the people that were trying to murder him. Yeah, yeah, they did not like that. Like a very small, it was a very like probably but, fifteen people. But I remember, yeah, when we watched it, I remember thinking, "Oh man, this isn't going to go over well for the, <laughs> the, you know." The, but I also remember everybody in the theater people. cheering and loving every second. <laughs> so I don't know, but this is an, I loved it. This it might uh, after I need a few more viewings of it, but it might be my f- uh, right up there with Django for me. Really? Yeah, and Django's my favorite Tarantino. Glorious Bastards. I mean, it's fucking great too. Yeah. What are we gonna do? The guy knows how to make a movie. Yeah. Um, the the Bruce Lee scene is actually based on something that happened with Judo Jean LaBelle because yeah. Judo Jean LaBelle was a uh, stuntman. But and they became friends. They did stuff, become yeah. friends afterwards. Um, also, the Sturgill Simpson put out a new song this week. Yeah, he put out a. Uh, there's a movie going to be on Netflix. Yeah, and his his music's going to be this. Like he made it. He like he didn't draw it or anything, mm-hmm. but like he flew over to Japan a bunch to. Get them That's the storyboards and everything. But before I play any of that, I want to play this. It's Trump's trade war. This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago by a lot of other presidents. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion. Billion. $500 billion Ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft. Add that to it, and add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody. Had to <laughs> I fucking do it. hate it when he does that. I am the chosen one. <laughs> somebody had to do it, so I'm taking on China. Uh, I'm taking see, on. See, people took that little snippet and like thought he was being yeah. truthful. Like he really thinks he's sent from the Lord. Jesus I thought Christ. it was funny, but I didn't, I didn't <laughs> take say, it. Either. He's saying no one else is dealing with this problem, so I have to be the one. Yeah, to do that's it. what he's saying. Yeah. don't get me wrong. I still think he's a lump of shit. He just, looks to the sky. I, I don't. I am the chosen. It was fucking great. I loved it. Yeah, he like. That's the thing that one of the things that annoys me about the whole thing is like. It's like people really do. They clutch their pearls a lot. They they really do take things out of context and and interpret them in the least charitable way that you could possibly interpret it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great. I loved it. There's, I mean, and the whole Greenland thing. He's trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Does he know that Greenland's the one that's covered in ice? <laughs> That's I, what don't, I, that, I don't think he knows anything. But that's what I've been saying all along. Though, is, I mean, when you're when you're the god emperor of all mankind, yeah, I mean, I mean, expansion is a necessity. You have been saying that, and and there are only so many nations, only so many areas of land that we could possibly buy that nobody wants in Greenland. You know, it's one of the ones that's losing money. Denmark, I, Denmark spends like I don't know. It's like billions. Loses billions of dollars just keeping the infrastructure there because right. there's 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 no economy there. Well, the funniest thing is when she said it was absurd, and that really just got his goat, but he couldn't stand it. Absurd, absurd. He can't even say absurd. <laughs> Some people do say it. That, that a lot of people do say absurd. A lot of people say it that way. I've heard it, I've heard it said that way before. Before him, uh, what? Why did he get into wanting to buy Greenland though? Why did that start? Is it just one of these things? I think it's just. I think it's just. It's just. Um, Is he doing like some fucking top of the head? I think it's stream just, of consciousness. It's shit? just a res- It's just a uh, a resource grab. What do they have there? Perhaps like I don't. Know. I mean, there's untapped. It's, it's the, it's the biggest shit. island in the world. Hmm. There's a lot of shit there. There's got to be minerals. I mean, all kinds of things. There's, I'm sure there's oil, minerals, and then if if something happens and um, 
you know, if if a lot of ice melts off of it, it's going to become a lot more valuable really quick. It's a good it's a so good long term. It we, could be a good long term investment. That's what we can do with all these migrant workers that are taking all the white man's jobs. Is we can give them flamethrowers to go over to Greenland and melt all the ice. Don't say that on the air. And then he'll hear that. And he'll do that. <laughs> well, do you think Donald? Oh wait, do you think Donald Trump listens to this? podcast? Absolutely, he listens to this podcast. <laughs> and if you think about it, so so you picture so the United States, right? And then right above us is Canada. To the top left, right above Canada, we've got Alaska. Yeah. And what we need is to the top right to have Greenland. Yeah, we got them boxed in. We've got them surrounded, and eventually <laughs> we're going to take over Canada. I yeah. can't fucking oh, wait. We should have. Yeah. We should have had Canada. Maple syrup is ours, we, sh- we never should have let those Canucks have their own country. I love Canuck, by the way. It's the best. The, fucking- is that your favorite racial <laughs> slur? It might be. It's up there. No, that's not racial, really. They used they to call a freaking hockey team named the Canucks. To, they used to call Wolverine the old Canucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody Ain't nobody having a parade About somebody using The word Canuck Nobody yeah. cares Canuck pride parade <laughs> <laughs> Gotta write that one Yeah oh, God damn it I'm gonna play A little bit of that Sturgill song now See if anybody Likes it besides me I enjoy it quite a bit no, uh, Adam Bryant enjoyed it Mothra Oh Jesus Christ Mothra we get, were you, Are we getting A Mothra fucking movie I hope we're getting the Mothra movie. Or, no, they're moving. Godzilla. They're hunting. Okay, this is the new Godzilla movie. With uh, Eleven, she's in it. Yeah. Yeah. We stopped them all. This is that new Sturgill. It's It's got a clavicle. I also like that it's just a blues song. It's just a one four five. Yeah. I love the animation. fan okay so i'll get i'll make i'll make my nerdy commentary so we've talked about the fender rose on the show yeah we've talked about the Wurlitzer. yeah ep electric piano this song features another electric piano that's a little lesser known made by honer which is called a clava something it's like clavichord or something i forget but it's a clav it's short for clav and um and a lot of people are going to mistake it for the guitar on this track, but it's like that kind of funky. Yeah. Um, if you listen to the song "Superstitious" by Stevie Warner, most people think that's a guitar. That's not. No. It's a clav. It's a Honer clav. And this song features that, uh, which you know, I like that about it. 
It's an underutilized uh, vintage electric piano sound. It's one that I've never owned. I've never owned a clav. Have you, you seen them? Looked often. into one, trying to find them. I mean, like if I saw one on eBay for the right price in the right time of my life, I would. I mean, I would just. I hoarded. I hoarded vintage instruments for a time. I had like a room full of them. I actually made. You know, I could make money doing that if I wanted to. Hoarding instruments and then selling. Just buying them and then sprucing them up a little bit and then waiting for the price to get, waiting for them to get popular and reselling them. Used to be you could get Fender Rhodes pianos for a couple hundred bucks, you know, whatever, get them for free. I mean, shit. Uh, I got one for free and one for hundred bucks. Yeah, and then like in their heyday, I don't know how much their people are paying for them now, but you could you know sell one that's in good shape for you know over a thousand dollars easily. But yeah. a Honer Clav would be a really rare one. You just don't see those for sale very often. Honer Clavinet. Clavinet. Jesus. You got a YouTube? $4,000. And it's just like a little electric pin that just makes one sound. Yeah. It just sounds kind of like an electric guitar. But These aren't like, even vintage ones, so. Let's get, I'm going to find a YouTube to get a sound of it for the people. Did you find one? Yeah. That's got a bunch of effects. It's got like a wah and a bunch of effects on it. That's a keyboard. And it actually has... It has an actual hammer that's striking. I think in this case, it's like a reed. It's like a little flat piece of metal that then resonates, and then it's got a, a magnetic electric pick on it, pickup on it, just like a, a guitar. So it's actually physiologically making this sound. It's not digital in any way. Like if you didn't have it plugged in, you would still be able to hear it. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's superstitious. It's got this real hunky. And they're kind of small. They don't take up a lot of space for an electric piano. It sounds like a Nintendo game a little bit. Yeah. Except yeah. it's organic. It's not digital. Yeah, and you can run through a guitar amp and put whatever effects you want on it. See, that sounds, it sounds almost like a nylon string guitar or something. Yeah. Fucking interesting instrument. And there it sounds kind of like slap bass. Like the lower notes. Sounds like a bass. It's pretty good stuff. That is featured in that um, Sturgill song we just heard. I didn't know that. Like I, I just thought it was like a keyboardish type sound. No, it's a real shit. It's a, it's a acoustic, acoustically resonant real instrument. It's got different pickups too, like a guitar. Because he keeps changing the pickups on it. That might be a special one. I can't really see. You might have a some kind of fancy custom one. He's playing two different ones now. The one on the left hand sounds like a Rhodes. It might be. It is. Yeah, it's a Rhodes. It's a Rhodes bass. They had a Rhodes piano that was just like this big. It just had the low notes on it, so you could play bass, ba- play bass lines on it. Right on. That's fucking cool. Just run it through a guitar amp and use it. Oh, here's a here's a good joke for you. Okay. How many bass players does it take to screw in a light bulb? Zero. The keyboard player does it with his left hand. <laughs> 
What do you call a bass player that breaks up with his girlfriend? Homeless. There you go. How can you tell if the stage is level? <laughs> Drool comes out of both sides of the bass player's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some about uh, drummers too and guitarists, of course. I can't. I can never think of those because it's always more fun just to make fun of the bass player. All right. And ironically, that I was going to ask you guys if somebody could teach me how to play the bass. I'm sure somebody can. I mean, I'm, I've got. He's pretty good. He played bass on the. The critically that's acclaimed my, 2012 my, album, 2013. I have I have state honors playing electric bass. That's my that's my main instrument. I was always the bass player. Like growing up, like that was my first instrument. Really, I had Bladen. that's like what I had like classical. Le- I had like Chuck uh, Beale professional lessons on electric bass. I didn't take guitar lessons. Hmm. I, I played classical guitar in the ensemble, but I I took bass lessons. I played string bass. Yeah, my big stand up. All the the double bass the. Yeah, like a big. Yeah, I had one. I I played that. I played that in high school in the high school band, and then I, you know, had one. I was decent at it. Uh, I I have a cello. I can play cello. Yeah, you play cello on the cellos on du- all over Dutch's album. album. It's on my album too. It's on Sting yeah. too. And yes, no. And you played fiddle on it. I or, did. I or played. Do you prefer to call it violin? Depends uh, on how you're playing it. I guess. I mean, it's a violin. You played fiddle. It was. It was a. I would call it a fiddle on uh, the Dixie song. Yeah, it was definitely that style, but I didn't like. It was a two-string fiddle, which is like a hunk of wood. Like the bridge wasn't set right, so I just stuck a hunk of wood, <laughs> and, uh, and some of the Suck strings were broken, so I just used two strings. <laughs> it was just a two-string fiddle. I also have a Cambodian fiddle called a tro, which is like a. It kind of like looks like a gourd with a stick, mm-hmm. and you play it. You know, kind of like a cello. I've, yeah, I've, I've and, seen um, that. Yeah, it doesn't have a fretboard. Um, it's a lot harder to make good sounds out of that. I don't. The strings that I have on it are like guitar strings, and they just don't sound good being bowed. It sounds really brittle. So if I had the right strings, I could make that sound really good too. Oh, I, I can just, play. I can play all the strings. I can play brass. I can teach you how to play a brass instrument. Um, I just want to learn some some instrument like. Bass is a good one. If you learn to play bass, um, we're trying to bully uh, the Mountain Music Festival into booking me for next year's festival. You could be in the super group. I don't think I could learn to ba- play a bass enough in a year to. I mean, my songs are real easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. If I can bully them into letting me play, I don't give a fuck. Think about that. If I was, <laughs> I was going to joke, but it is kind of not a joke. If I was jacked, tattooed, and played bass. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he stops reading. <laughs> he just lost his ability. To, he's no longer interested in books. Yeah. Does the dragons? What's that? <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> get out of here, fag. <laughs> Take your Blade Runner gun and get it fuck out of here. No, oh, there's another thing I wanted to play that I thought was pretty, pretty amaze, amaze balls. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Do you have a bass I can learn on? Yeah, he does. He can borrow his too. Yeah, I have one. I, I, I didn't even artist. know he had a bass. I was snooping around. I was like, "Oh shit, there's a bass in here." The uh, cord, the cords hardwired into it. The <laughs> oh, is it? I didn't. Yeah, that. that's the one I used to play uh, on the, all the recordings I did, like between 2006 and 2009. I just it was hardwired into it and it had a really bad buzz too. So I have like three electric basses, and my brother has the two best ones. But actually, the one I have, I like a lot too. It's just like a, it's like a, it's just a generic P P bass. 
precision base, which is my favorite style. If I had to pick one, yeah, you know, I always like those. Good old P base. Man always had a P base. He is that what he had? Yeah, Fender precision base. He had that big base cabinet too. That the Fender cabinet with the hard key head. Yeah, I had a hard key head too. I sold it. Uh, was been a pretty good basis. Yeah, yeah. He he, um, he 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 turned up too loud most of the time, but um, <laughs> he could hold it down. Yeah, he could slap a little bit too. I remember seeing him. It was um, he was fun to play with. Ben is Ben really liked. He knew he wasn't going to really be a musician, but he really worked at it. So you know, because he liked it. You know what I mean? He um, he took lessons. The same person, Chuck Beal. from Chuck Two as well. I remember. We actually one time he was playing bass for some band that my brother w- was doing. I think it was he and Bradley and Will were doing doing some like Joe Satriani type thing. He was playing bass with them. He would come and and rehearse and stuff with them. And he and I started hanging out a little bit afterwards. And like we started up, we we're going to do decided we were going to try to do like a bass duo mm-hmm. where we did like ba- duets on bass. Just two bass players yeah. would be the act. And I had stuff that I had written for two bases and stuff like that. And so we like, like I kind of wrote up with them there a little bit. We, you know, we didn't follow through on anything, but right. we, it's we, hard, we, man. We, it's hard to do. Stuff. We became friends and he was, I forget, I think he was, I forget what he was doing at that time. It was before he got involved with the military. Maybe he was still in college. He was a time. tech. He was still in college at yeah. the time. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. The Navy, I mean, I always joke with him, like the Navy for him was, like he wasn't. He it's not that he wasn't doing well in college. I mean, he could have done better, but Ben was he was a good student. I mean, and and he just had the problem that some of us, uh, the rest of us, have to follow through. But you know, he saw the options and saw the Navy, and man, and the Navy just changed. It really, it was good. It was really good for him. He structured him. It structured him. Oh shit! <laughs> I know what you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear this? Yeah, it's. I, I think it's fucking cool. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Did you hear this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I sent it to. It's fucking awesome. Cool. Yeah. I love how they build the tension. <laughs> it's so good yeah, it is. The song's fit He didn't even have to change anything Tremendous. And see, I could like you could you could make bank if you had a, a band like Tool with a with a singer like that and like legit made you know albums of songs Lacuna Coil of this style, but did it like 
you know, did it that well. I get. I'm, Have you ever heard of Lacuna Coil? They're they're kind of like know. that. I've heard the name. Pull I mean, it up. I mean, not exactly, but I mean, they're. I think they're an Italian band. I think they were actually in one of the John Wick movies. Lacuna Coil. Is it kind of like Hakuna Matata? <laughs> Boy, I wish. It's a wonderful phrase. Love. Ain't no passing craze. What would be a song that you would say would be a good? There's layers of time. That's the very first one on there. It's, uh, it's I'm looking new. for. Uh, let me go to the Heaven's a Lie. Go to album. The first song on. Here we go on Karma Code. Are you, are you yeah. plugged in? Yep. I actually like this song. Has a little bit of toolish qualities to it. A lot of people are biting off tool at this point. A lot of people. Even if they didn't want to admit it. I thought this was a chick singer. She's hold on, she's coming. I mean, it's, I was expecting a vagina to sing. Give the gas your mic. Good harmonies. I, I, as this kind of stuff went, I liked it. There was them. There was Drain STH. What about L7? L7 is a punk band. Kind of. Your mom's a punk band. They had Pretend We're Dead, which was a fucking amazing song. Um, Drain STH was awesome because they were a bunch of Nordic chicks that were hot playing fucking heavy, like really heavy metal. And not, not Screamo or anything, but it was just... Remember Tattoo? Yes. <laughs> what about Kitty? Remember Kitty? Kitty, yeah. Kitty. They were the the metal chicks. Yeah. Kitty. I didn't like their music. It was terrible. Oh, me, me either. But, um, I mean, they, they were getting off on a gimmick. And then, of course, we're going to talk about chick bands. We're going to talk about my favorite chick band. The Donnas? Yes. I like them, too. favorite song is It's Too Bad About Your Girlfriend Yes Too Bad About Your Girl It's a fucking great song If I can find it on here How would they not have the Donna's It's Too Bad About Your Girl uh, Let's see songs See y'all oh, it's, no, this is, what, what are we doing here it's, it's a bunch of stuff Just with the name Donna on it As opposed to the Donna's I feel like the AI is getting stupider. Yeah, there we go. This is a great video, too, because it makes me feel so filthy by the end because that girl playing guitar is you like her, crazy huh? fucking hot, and the drummer's hot, too. I like the singer chick. Yeah, she's hot. I mean, they're all hot, even the even the bassist girl. There's also a band called Haim. A bunch of chicks. I think they're all sisters. The 
Dons are no longer a thing. I think. Are they not? No. Oh. This is the only thing worth anything on that movie Grind. It is a fucking horrid grind. This is skateboard movie is awful. Oh. This is the only good thing that came out of it. I really want to watch it now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Wildcat Goldthwait's in it. Bobcat? Mm-hmm. Is he doing his Bobcat thing? No. Yeah, he kind of quit that. You know, I always liked Melissa Oftermauer. Oh, yeah. From Hole, and then she did Pumpkins for a little while. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to Darcy? I don't know. He couldn't even get her back for the new pumpkin stuff. So he must have really pissed her what off. Ha- what happened to her? Yeah. She was, uh, she, she was, had a free ride by knowing Billy Corgan and never had really any talent to begin with. I, I, well, I didn't I mean, have any clue about it. I don't really know. I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, if she's going to be famous for something, it's going to be clinging to someone else's <laughs> songwriting. I mean, she's never produced. She's never done anything. She's never written anything. She's played the bass for, for Smashing Pumpkins. Well, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm Jesus not saying, Christ, John! Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything mean. I'm stating like, like this person is like, like I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the equivalent. Like, um, I don't. Peter know. Chris. I don't know who that is. Was the drummer from Kiss that was... Actually, know. though, actually, the, the one who's riding on that band is Gene Simmons. I mean, I mean, I don't... Motherfucker th- could not play. I'm not sure that the Darcy ever actually was ever, ever actually... Her playing was ever actually featured on a Pumpkins album. Really? Billy played all of her parts. She was just in the live band, you think? Yeah. 100%. Hmm. I don't know. Not that she's a bad bass player. I'm just saying she's. Well, he's played, a control freak too. Yeah, she just played basic bass lines and put up with his shit and got a, became a millionaire. Well, but I was. I mean, I wasn't trying to say anything like you know she got a raw deal or anything. I was just. I was just honestly curious if she had gotten into drugs or you know anything of that she's, nature. She's just living and living off of the riches of being a former pumpkin. I mean, she's a millionaire. He said he felt bad on the Rogan show uh, because whenever they asked him about publishing, if uh, he, they said you won't make any less money if you just say everybody wrote the songs and then everybody will make the same amount of money as you. And, but he was like, "But they didn't write the songs." Yeah, I wrote the songs. Yeah, they're performing on the songs. I know how that feels. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's infuriating. So he just decided to not give them any credit, which they didn't. Write any of the songs, so they shouldn't have any. Credit. Like I've played in bands, like okay, I'm not, I won't name names or anything, but I've played. You were in, in Radiohead for a while. I've played in bands where, where I wrote all of the songs. Um, I did all of the production work. I did all of the booking. I did all of the artwork. I paid for everything that needed paid for. Um, I like organized all the practices. I paid for the practice space. Um, I provided equipment for people that didn't have equipment. I paid for things that people needed, you know, in the band. I did everything other than show up for practice, play your part, show up for the show, play your part. And in some cases, you didn't even have to show up to record because it was, you know, I'm going to record the part better than you anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm sorry if you don't like the way that sounds, but it's true. And you know, been in situations like that where I'm doing literally ten times the work of everybody else combined. I should get a little bit more credit. Yeah, I think for that. So I'm, I'm like, I'm on Billy's side. 
I mean, I am too. You don't. You don't have to. Yeah, I mean, they got a fucking. They got. They're. They're set for life, just for putting up with his egomaniacal bullshit and playing in that awesome band for a few years. Yeah, they're set. How many years were they the same band? Oh, a pretty long time. From '88 to yeah, two thousand late '80s until two thousand something. See, it was through uh, Sami's Dream. Well, Gish, Sami's Dream. Gish was the first full length. Yeah, no uh, calling the Infinite Sadness. But they had different arcade, different incarnations before that that never really. Oh. They might have been together since like eighty three or eighty four in some. Yeah, part. in some capacity. I think Darcy joined later. They weren't a Seattle band, were they? No, I think Chicago. Yes, yeah, Chicago. yeah, that's right. That's right. Billy's a Chicago guy. You can tell in his accent. Is there and being a Billy Corgan, here, the world is a vampire. Billy Corgan's no, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he like he owns. I forgot. He, he owns like some wrestling. He owns the National Wrestling Alliance, and he's like, he loves professional wrestling. He's into like MMA too. Yeah, he uh, he, Does he, think he comes to fights. I've never seen him fight. I don't think he fight, but I bet he could. He's really long and lanky. Yeah, I bet he'd be a bitch to fight. But he'd but, be a monster. Yeah, he owns the National Wrestling Alliance, which is the one that Ric Flair. It's the oldest one from right. like the that's the one that they made in the fifties. It was the territories and all that crap. I know all the history of this. It's it's, it's uh, I know so little about everything else, but I know so much about <laughs> <laughs> the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, but he bought it and he's trying to resurrect the title, which I think is great because it gives it an old school feel and has that little weird belt that they used to have. Yeah, before Ric Flair bought the the fucking Big giant, giant thing. But he's trying to resurrect it and uh, not even really compete with the big dogs just because he likes it and he wants to do it. Well, I mean, I don't think that, you know, everything doesn't have to be the WWF. I mean, you can have local, you can have, you know, it's like it's like we go to the wrestling show and call that. I I don't think they have any idea that they're going to be. Uh, so a couple huge. of them might huge. A couple of them might. No, There's I'm not a- saying no. I'm not saying the wrestlers themselves. I'm talking about the oh no no the, the like, organization. He, think, he thinks it's possible that they could get like a a small national following. Well, I'm not saying it's right. Possible. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not good. If anybody's holding it back, it's my commentary. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even take it seriously. He roots for the refs. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> He puts the refs over. That was awesome. <laughs> there was a referee. They threw, they threw an extra referee in there. Usually we got Nathan Wolf and uh, Philip Canterbury, and they threw an extra referee in there. They didn't give me didn't his name. <laughs> so what do I call him? I called him not Nathan Wolf. <laughs> not he Nathan literally Wolf. called him that every time he referred to him. That's what happens when you don't give me names. I'm not seeking out to find out who this person is. I didn't even know there was going to be an extra ref. It says on the on the sheet on the uh, call sheet or whatever. Who's refing each match? And this guy shows up. He was a fine referee. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know his name, so he's not Nathan Wolf, because Nathan Wolf is the best referee in the business. He's got the best count out. Best count out. He's got it all. But <laughs> there plus was that plus that main that main. <laughs> there of was a spot where uh, one of the guys, uh, Drex Dyer, picked up Noah Noah Ray, and he pulled up the cameraman's shirt. And he's uh, kind of a chunky fella, and he slams his head into his belly, and I scream like he just got shot with a Mac Ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! How could you do that? 
<laughs> slammed his head into the soft belly of a redheaded man. <laughs> <laughs> I said that man's belly has a family. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> it's no, almost like there's a whole genre here that needs to be that needs to be expounded on. Uh, what do you mean? A like, com- comedy, like like indie wrestling comedy routines like commentary of indie wrestling well there has a routine i had an idea a few years ago to do mystery science theater over like independent like crappy wrestling and yeah then basically I, that and then i it's it's already out there it's called uh, world famous flea market and they, and they do a great job yeah but what i'm trying to do is live call the matches and sort of mystery science theater while showing a minimum amount of respect for the wrestlers but still kind of not making fun of it but it's such an ob- it's 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 such a thing that needs to be made fun of. You right. can't take you can't take it too seriously. Yeah, because it's some of them do though, man. They just oh man, you know it. What are they going to do? I mean, what am I going to do? I can only be myself. The man hired us to do it because he likes the way we do it. So, right. <laughs> so. it's definitely not detracting from the entertainment value. No, of the and nobody in DVD. the building is hearing it as we're doing it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and but ha- we were getting laughs on the next table. Did you, did yeah, you? we were getting laughs. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the announcer was taking his sweet time walking up. I go, Caleb Willis taking his ever loving time walking up to the <laughs> ring to announce the next match, and the guys at the next table were laughing their asses off. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, was, um, there's a you talk about how it doesn't all have to be WWE. There's a new one called uh, All Elite Wrestling. It's Cody Rhodes. Who's the American Dream Dusty Rhodes' son? He mm-hmm. started him and some friends, the Young Bucks, started a new organization, and their their third show officially is going to be in Charleston. Awesome! On, on Wednesday, somewhere sometime in October, but it's it sold out in five minutes. Damn! Yeah, and it's going to be broadcast live from beautiful scenic Charleston, West Virginia. Scenic. Damn, Charleston is nice. I like it. It's okay. I was expecting Lexington. <sighs> Charleston to be, tries, you know. I was expecting Lexington to be a little bit more cityish, but it, it sort of just looks like a like a bigger version of South Charleston, you know. Yeah, like long straight road and stuff on this side, stuff on that side. I didn't. I guess I didn't see downtown campus or anything. Like probably that. different hoods. Yeah. It's like kind of like how Portland, Oregon is. It's like it's not. There's not really much big city to it. It's just like a bunch of. It's like a bunch of like small towns just all kind of jumbled together. That's the name of that doc? <laughs> right on. And each each area has its own vibe. And I've never been. It's a, it's a real cool place to to uh, to be. Apparently those thugs in Antifa have taken over Portland. Those thugs. Yeah, I've been hearing things about that. Everybody's assholes, man. Um, I wish people didn't pay attention to politics anymore and <laughs> just... Well, they still don't. Yeah, they, they, they just they just go out and do fucked up shit. Yeah, they they still don't understand what's going on, and I don't either. And that's why I like to expound about it on this podcast. Anybody got anything else they want to talk about? Cheese, In, cheese. Okay, fucking get into it. What's your, your favorite, favorite cheese? Monster. Monster's your favorite cheese. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hank Hill here. Nobody makes cheese like the Americans. <laughs> 
And it's complete garbage ass cheese. I love not, it though. It's not cheese. No, it's it's cheese. It's cheese, cheese food. It's I like not a cheese product. I like yeah. a nice pepper jack or a nice Colby jack. Pepper jack is the shit. Or even a good Colby, just regular Colby, and that nice slice on a on a nice turkey sandwich. I will say this though, on a grilled cheese, American cheese is good. Yeah, American cheese is uh, delicious in the right context. Sure. It's just not real food. No. Yeah, it's delicious. It, would, would you call it food stuff? Yeah, it's it's a food product. It's a it's a cheese product. Cheese flavored product. It's, I know there's some. It's oil. Is basically all it is. It's veg, It's got some dairy in it, and then it's like vegetable oil, and then I don't I don't even bunch of other like you know products. What, one of my friends stabilizers and a picture of a, like a pizza he made. He just put uh, Italian cheese, like the blend, like mozzarella, parmesan, and uh, provolone, provolone in, a, in a skillet, and fried it. And then threw a little bit of sauce and some pepperoni on top. And that was pizza. I'm like a keto pizza. Yeah. I was like, ooh, hey, daddy might be idea. doing that. Might put that in the old Actually, most, pe- most pizza sauce is like full of sugar. Yeah. This whole thing with like the pineapple on pizza thing, it's like, sweet. It's not supposed to go with savory. It's like, motherfucker, go look at the ingredients on the pizza sauce and look at the fucking high it's, fructose corn syrup amount of fucking sugar that's in that. It's already like really, really sweet. Shit, my spaghetti sauce is. It's really sweet. I put, I put sugar. sugar in my fucking spaghetti. Yeah, you make so your own spaghetti sauce. It sweetens it. No, I, I take you doctor it. Out. it up. I doctor it. Doctor my spaghetti sauce. I used to. I used to be able to doctor man some. Some fucking delicious ass spaghetti. I used to doctor. It had up. like eight pounds of meat in it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's still meatballs so- and meat and fucking sauce. Eight pounds of meatball and one. <laughs> eight pounds of meat and one meatball. Yeah. The size of a regular meatball. Looks I don't know like how a, he does it. Looks like a fucking atlas stone. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. I'm hungry now. Wait, we can go get some deep, bud. You want to some food? What's, for your, a, what's your favorite meatloaf? You Meal Meatloaf Meatloaf I mean uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights Is pretty good Paradise by the Dashboard Lights Yeah Meatloaf song Oh uh, you mean Are you talking meatloaf? about Actual Meatloaf <laughs> Yeah Um My Meatloaf That I make Fucking oh, delicious yeah? When are you gonna bring some I'll have to make it Well I know that Um Well I'll have to Think Bring, I can, it, bring it to the next podcast sure, Yeah I can do that I'll make, I'll make, 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 make us meatloaf. Fuck yeah. And we'll we'll review it. Just so you know, I I am a fan of brown sugar in my uh in my sauce. I could see that working. Well, I mean hell ketchup yep. is like sugar it's so much sugar in ketchup. Anything I make is going to have sugar in it. Like they used to, they used to make fun of me down at Carolina Beach. But I tell you this, those motherfuckers. Every time I ate something, they were all fucking over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he put sugar in everything. I was like, then don't fucking eat it. Next thing I know, you don't, like it. don't eat it, you schmuck. I would make this big pot. Like when it would get cold, I would make a huge pot of of soup because every Irish can can make a soup, and um, it was. V uh, the the base instead of tomato juice was V eight, and it was packed with fucking minerals and and, and vitamins and shit, and everyone would eat it and not get sick. But one of my many degrees up through it was fucking brown sugar, and Todd used to fuck with me. He's like, "Well, it's brown sugar." <laughs> and then I was just like, "Hey, what happened to all the fucking soup?" <laughs> Guess it wasn't that bad then. <laughs> How much of that brown sugar is in your is in your bloodstream like, right now? It. He's like, "I hate it." I was like, "That's what I fucking thought." <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. I think we've done about enough damage today. What's your favorite damage? Um, brain. Good answer. I'd say brain. Brain damage is good. What about you? Your favorite damage? Car damage. Mm. Both are expensive and can cause lots of troubles. Sure. Thanks for listening, you bunch of queefs. I hope you step on attack. Here's a little meatloaf for you. Praise Jesus. Good.